Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Mary Wallach is here. We are in our mobile studio aboard an El Al flight that is taking over 240 Olim, 240 North Americans to Israel, to their new permanent home, to become Israeli citizens. Here we are, on the flight, on the plane. We know them as the incredible Nefesh Benefesh charter flight and their leadership and their crew. And here we are with them again on this very inspiring journey. And I am very glad uh, to be part of this. And I'm very glad to be speaking with you from many thousands of feet above planet Earth. When one wonders how on Earth we got to this point where you could take a flight and just a few hours later, and in some cases, really a few hours later, <laughs> be in Israel. It's an absolutely incredible thing if you think about it in perspective. Um, but now it's not time to be philosophical. It's time to be practical and to let everyone know that we are here with the privilege of escorting these Olim to Israel. These people who have made a commitment, many of them families, many of them singles, some of them senior citizens, to move to Israel and uh, to acknowledge with a uh, with as 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 uh, direct and as um, much of an impression as one can make with their own physical self that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Miriam Al Wallach, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. This is amazing. This is incredible, and we've done it before, and yet still <laughs> it doesn't get old. Every time we do a show <laughs> from the plane, it's so hard to believe. And in this case, we are going to be um, joined by an amazing roster of people, many of them with fantastic stories, uh, many of them simply dreamers who wanted to do something to make their dream come true. And they went ahead and uh, applied with Nefesh Benefesh and now are seeing and experiencing their dream coming true on this very flight, which is pretty remarkable. It's a flight full of Jewish heroes, as my boss would say. Yeah, a lot of Jewish heroes on this flight, a lot of them who get that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. A lot of them who came to that reality and that realization way before many others. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it gets frustrating that more people don't hear this message. Today's a day to celebrate the fact that so many thousands do hear the message. The statistics from this summer bear it out. On, our, on their 60th flight. Well, the 60th flight total since the formation of the organization. Just this summer, almost 2,300 people from North America. And again, that may sound like a drop in the bucket to some people because of the Jewish population of North America, and it could be frustrating to some that that figure is not larger, but the reality is you have to look back and say, wow, how incredible an accomplishment this is, that in one summer, in these few weeks, all these people in the thousands are heading to Israel. We also have to give credit to how streamlined the process has become. Even you and I, who thank God, have had the opportunity, and I will use the word schut, um, have had the merit to do this before, six times before, Wow! <laughs> and um, have experienced the, the, the entire experience from beginning to end. We're even shocked. We were shocked this morning when we arrived at the airport and the process had been made even easier. Right. Uh, it, the, the process, citizenship, naturalization, right. all the stuff you're referring to, all of it's gotten much easier. We have about 1% of the regular process because we, having the passports, 
that we carry have to, you know, have them dealt with officially as well. Right. That whole situation of having American passports dealt with has become much easier. Meaning, meaning even the guest passports, even that has become easier. So as you say, you know, that's just one. That's just one example of the streamlined method and one example of the uh, really incredible system that Nefesh Benefesh has put into place. And they're doing this a long time. They're doing this 17 years. Right. So you can imagine for a generation this is already happening and they've perfected this process and continue to think of ways to perfect it even more, if there's such a way to say that. We should also make mention of some of the sounds that people hear in the background. I know we've done this before on previous flights. We've made sure to comment that that hum or buzz that you hear in the background, there's nothing wrong with the app. There is <laughs> nothing wrong with your earbuds. That's the engine. That is actually the plane's engine. And if you hear the voices behind me or to the side, um, we are sitting amidst all the other media outlets who are able to, um, you know, be part of this experience and are on the flight with us. And they're actually collecting information now and interviewing different people. Taking and pictures. Exactly. Taking lots of pictures. I mean, you would be... People think that we get on this plane and we're just going to Israel. Like... I'm so I'm a hundred percent not complaining, and certainly appreciate this opportunity. I think you know that, but this is a work flight, and we're not the only ones like that. So, if you, so all what you hear in the background is part of the hustle and bustle of what I refer to as the party bus. This is the party bus. <laughs> it's uh, the Nefesh Benefesh staff. It's the press. It's right. people who are who are taking pictures and posting to social media on the, on the Wi-Fi and the plane and things like that. And the flight attendants. Right, and they're very busy. And that's uh, so the two main sources of noise in the background. Right. One really is you just don't realize how loud a plane is. <laughs> and, you certainly don't. And this, You're is right. one, and this is one of the ways you can hear how loud a plane is because mm -hmm. of the background. Also, although I think it's a little better in this plane than it was in the old ones. I think it's a drop better. Well, I, a little lower. Number one, I think the mics are better. Ah. And because thank you, ZK, because we have new headsets. And I also changed the direction of my mic. So mm. that's why I just moved things around a second ago. So now I think because you and I, our mics are facing in. Got it. So you're not toward the noise. Correct. That's on that side. Very interesting. And that's a good opportunity to thank ZK for his hard work in preparing the yes. equipment for us because we really do have a mobile studio. In the old days, if we tried to do this, it no. would be a pretty large operation. Sure. And very hard to navigate, even this beautiful uh, uh, Dreamliner setup. Right. But uh, here, he has really outfitted uh, the equipment in a way that makes it really easy and gives us an opportunity to literally use just the table in front of me to broadcast this show. And so. also, if there are any issues, I mean, Rummy's on the flight. <laughs> That's true. By we the way. We can always just pull Rummy over. You know, I had plans for the first hour in, of, of this show to go through with you some of the stories that have happened over the years and some of the people we've heard from with really interesting stories. Um, and I... I said, wow, the fact that Avrami and Toby and their families on this flight really trumps everything. Yep. They've been working with us, and of course, Avrami is officially uh, in our office in Israel, so to speak, uh, for many, many years. Uh, office in Israel for the last year, but uh, we're working for us for many, many years before you. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Way before me. And today, we get the opportunity to be on Correct. the same flight as the Finkelsteins, as they make Aliyah, and really make their, I guess what you'd call a pilot year in Israel. Uh, an obvious success because right. if they're heading back as Olin, then obviously it's an obvious success. And by the way, they'll be honest about the fact that the pilot year was not simple 
and it had its obstacles, but not only did they overcome them, but they also are still committed, and we're still committed to making Aliyah and making it official and bringing up their children in Israel, and that's right. tremendous. It certainly is. We'll have a chance to speak with them later on, and to and again, anybody who's ever heard the name of Rami, anybody to whom uh, who has been in touch with us in the Nachman Siegel Network, very often emails will end up with Avrami. You'll receive shows that have been already recorded or uh, meaning, you know, archives or right. interviews from Avrami. So a lot of people out there know the name and uh, know that he's an important part, a very important part sure. of the Nachum Siegel Network, in addition to which he's basically the host of the Tuesday and Wednesday live lunch. And he used to be referred to as executive assistant Correct. of Rami, but that went, you know. So Avrami is now the host of the Tuesday and Wednesday right. live lunch, another opportunity for people to connect with him on a regular basis. He even joins us in studio for mm -hmm. Thursday live lunch one, once in a while now. When there's food. <laughs> it used to be much more often when he was living in the United States, but now, of course, it's once in a while. Right, so instead, he gets to join us here in right. the in-flight studio. Right. And I mean, forget mobile studio. This is an in-flight studio. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's a good setup. I feel bad when there's two guests because one generally has to stand unless you're going to make room on that little shelf over there. Uh, but there's a... Uh, there's a charm to it. There's a little bit of a charm and a little bit of a uniqueness that I think makes up for whatever deficiencies it might have. For sure. It's, it's for lack of a better word, it's just cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it just cool. cool. Um, we should also just give people the highlights of the ceremony that was at JFK. There were, you know, a number of speakers, including Rabbi Fass, who I know you'll have on in, in a little bit. The big send-off. Right, but, but as you had mentioned, and... You had mentioned to me while we were there that his words were different. And so I look forward to hearing your conversation with him in, I don't know, an hour and 20 minutes or so about, about his message and whether his message was different because it's the 60th flight. I mean, it'll, it'll, it, there are a lot, of different, a lot of different elements. But what we noticed was that there were many more tears than yeah. we have seen in the past. It was a very teary send-off. Yeah, I'm wondering if it was me the way I was viewing it, but it did seem like it was a pretty emotional send-off. Yeah. You know, some are more than others, as you just indicated. And this one was, and also it's one charter flight right. this summer. Right, we'll discuss that also. So yeah. the families that mm -hmm. generally would be on the July flight were on this one. Right. And I don't know if that didn't add to the whole, you know, atmosphere that we're picking up that it was much more emotional. I think that there were certain August flights we've been on where there have been close to 100 lone soldiers. Right. But again, because of this balance, there are mm -hmm. about 50 on this one 42 and that is that the number yeah i believe yeah. so and that yeah 41 and that and that uh, emotional sure. experience is different than the familial emotional right, right, experience of course. so there's a know, lot going on a lot going on a lot of people drove from other areas we mm -hmm. saw people from canada we saw people from pittsburgh right right who were driving in from other areas you can imagine that's an emotional thing that they now know they have to go back and this long car ride after having left their loved ones in the airport charleston Charleston was also represented. Yeah, Charleston was represented. Um, there was, I mean, there's a family from Houston on the plane. I don't know if they had family there. Right. But, um, but we're going to find out more about everybody. We're going to find out more about anybody. I just wanted to quickly, I know that we're already up against the clock, but I wanted to yeah, quickly. Yeah, we had all the time in the world. I know we had the, I know we had the family of chicken farming Mennonites here. Yes. That was one good story. There, and, and that was last year, and the, right. evidently they're doing great. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. We had the... 
the sister of one of the flight attendants. Correct. Uh, making Aliyah, and she mm-hmm. didn't realize that her sister, the flight attendant, was going to be on the same plane. Right. That was a crazy so that, moment. So that was a good moment. What other? Is there any other crazy or out of the ordinary stories that uh, one of the, one of the part owners of the Miami Marlins joined us last year on the flight Correct. just to see what it was all about, just to be an observer of the whole thing. Um, anything else that you remember over the last six flights that were? Jeez. There were there were a lot of there were a lot of crazy things. Well, I remember the visual of the the Bubby who was like in her 80s, who was finally making Aliyah, who was sitting next to this little kid. I mean, who was what three, four, five, something right. like that. And the two of them, for some some reason or another, were seated next to each other, and no one. Like, no one just walked by them. Everyone just took pause about how beautiful and how exceptional that whole visual was. Is that no matter what age, people are fulfilling their dreams by being on this flight. And, um, you know, there were, I, I will tell you, there, there were, of course, a number of incredibly emotional goodbyes at the airport of parents who were sending their lone soldiers on the plane. Um, but once you get on this plane, and this is something that that I've noticed for the last six flights and when I walked back before I noticed as well, you have all of these chayalim bodedim, these lone soldiers who who are on this flight. They are all sitting together and they're giddy. They're excited. They know what they're doing. There's a purpose to what they're doing. And you know what it, you know what a bracha it is, a blessing it is to know at such a young age that you're doing something with purpose. How many 18-year-olds you know have no guidance, no, no internal, you know, compass as to what they're supposed to be doing with their lives, and and are lost. How yeah. many adults you and I both know who are in their 40s, their 50s, and are lost? And instead, there's an entire cabin behind us of lone soldiers. Who know exactly what they're doing. It's pretty remarkable. Yep. I thought of another one, by the way. Um, what was Rabbi Brander holding on his Aliyah flight? Do the remember suitcase. That, that was remember last that? year also. That was, uh, was that last year? Yes, it was. Wow. So that was pretty uh, a pretty big moment as well. You know what else was a big moment? Shout out to our good friend, Mayor Kay. Mayor Kay came with came with Nefesh on a flight. Right. And you remember he gave out those fidget spinners? Right. Uh, that, was a, that was two flights ago, I think. Oh, I think more it was, than that. No, because Nikki was last year, so this was the year before. Really? I think it was two years ago. Could be. But what, what's amazing to me is that Mayor Kay, I mean, shall we shall we say, has, has seen everything? Yeah, he's been, he's been out there he's in been many different countries. He's been out there. He's having a blast. He's jumping out of planes. He's, I don't know what he's doing. But this still stands out in his mind as being such a... a pivotal moment in his career and personal and in his personal life just the effects of of being with be, being being part of this right experiencing the whole correct thing. but it's but you know i have two students um former students i i as a former teacher have had the the unbelievable zchut um, to accompany a number of former students as they make Aliyah. Right. And I really am humbled by the opportunity. There are two former students of mine who are on this plane. They married each other. And we actually saw them at a Nefesh B'Nefesh Nefesh mega <laughs> event, I don't know how many years ago, when they were still dating. <laughs> they, were o- they were dating. I don't want to say they were only dating because they knew that they were meant to be together. And they got engaged and remember what we said to them then? Remind me. We asked them, do your parents know right. you're here? Right. And the answer was no. <laughs> so we kept it to ourselves. And here they are. We're on the flight with them. It's incredible. So a shout out 
to Donnie and Sean Boker, who are really fulfilling their dreams that they've had forever. They are making Aliyah, and you know where they're going? Where? They're going to Haifa. Wow. Because he's going to be at the Technion. Very cool. It's amazing. There are just so many stories. The 28-day-year-old baby who's on this plane. 28-day-old baby. 28-day-old baby, yes. It, the whole thing. It's, um, I'm, we're that always humbled. That kid's going to grow up, say, yeah, I'm in America. I lived there for a month. Right. Not even. Yeah, I exactly. lived there for a February. It's not, like it's, not in the leap year. Unbelievable. <laughs> right. And look at those good parents. All right. We, um, we've got a, a song list that always makes it into this show somehow. Right. And we're going to start with some of those selections, and we are going to be speaking with... Uh, we're, going to Im- we're going to immediately be going to the Millers. Oh, great. Yes. So let's get that song started, and then we can... Um, That's a story in and of itself. It certainly is. More coming up. You're listening to us, Nachum Siegel, Miriam L. Wallach, and our friends at Nefesh Benefesh right here on a flight heading to Israel with a collection of amazing and incredible heroes, 242 Olim, who are heading from North America to Tel Aviv to start their new life. Is it something you want to consider? Why not? nbn.org.il 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 I always think the more times I say it, the more I'll convince someone to check it out. 866-4-ALIYAH 866 4 ALIYAH and then A-L-I-Y-A-H 866-4-ALIYAH We're with Nefesh in the air at the Nahum Siegel Network and JM in the AM. My lips to sing your praise, my heart to feel the joy. Let me have the gift for which I'm yearning. Another night in Israel. Desert flowers blooming in the spring, the grapes upon the vine. Let me walk the beaches in the moonlight Let me fall in love in Israel Wherever you go shares from our souls A time to mend A time to gather stones A time for peace in Israel Let me hear the voice of bride and groom Of laughter in the seas 
answer the prayers of our children so they need not fear in Israel. J.M. in the A.M. with Sam Glazer, a song that always sneaks into our Nefesh Benefesh playlist that's called In Israel here at J.M. in the A.M. We're on the flight, literally on the flight to Israel as we broadcast on this Wednesday morning. And the Chama Cohen is with us. She is uh, an Ola and will be an Ola Chadashah in just a few hours. Nechama, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful speaking with you. And I just literally got goosebumps the minute you said Nu Ola. It's, it's a reality that's slowly setting in, but, but goosebumps nonetheless. Ola Chadashah. <laughs> what an amazing and incredible expression, huh? <laughs> tell me about yourself and tell me who's making Aliyah with you. Um, I'm here with my husband, Benjamin, and my two children, Max, who's 13, and Lily, who's 8. And I'd love to say that this was something that was being planned for years and years and years, but the reality is is that this was just the culmination of many, many trips to Israel, thanks to my wonderful father, uh, Rabbi Michael Miller, who took us uh, for several chagim, uh, smachot, and, um, you know, like I like to tell people, it was 13 years worth of pilot trips that exposed <laughs> us to different places, different people, different foods. And, and each time we went, it slowly sank in. Why do we keep coming back? And it was my 13-year-old who we made his bar mitzvah, Baruch Hashem, in uh, November, who looked us in the face and said to us after his bar mitzvah, why are we going back to New York? 
and that that set the tone and uh everything kind of spiraled after so that. So this whole process, what we know as the Nefesh Benefesh process, is literally just since the winter. Oh, yeah. The, the, this was, we had met with them briefly uh, prior to the bar mitzvah, just, just for information, and they were so helpful, so wonderful, and obviously they kept it under wraps. <laughs> but at once the bar mitzvah was over, it was full speed ahead, and they held our hands uh, through the whole process. And the Chamakon is with us. We will speak with her father, who we know very, very well in just a minute or so. Um, you're taking children to Israel or moving with your children to Israel at an age for the children that's always, you know, people wonder whether it's the best age or a good age for them to move. Is that a concern of yours? I, the concerns, our story is very much about family, about the mishpacha that is in Israel. I have a sister there who moved 13 years ago. My husband's brother has been there for uh, seven or eight years. I have pretty much all my first cousins there. My 96-year-old grandfather is there. It, it, when it comes to a word like concern, it, it just all I keep thinking of is family, and it just keeps coming back to that. And um, they're all waiting, and they, they all want to see us succeed. They all want to see us uh, you know, move forward in the best way possible. And so thank God the kids will have their cousins, and uh, I, I know it will be difficult. I know it's not going to be easy, but when did anybody ever said, say that life is easy? Right, I get so that. That's I get that. Um, I assume by now you've decided where you're going to be living since you're going yes. there tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yes. We are uh, moving to Efrat, to the nice. amazing community in Zayat, next door to my sister. Wow. Across the street from my husband's brother, up the block from three first cousins, not too far away from an aunt and uncle, and pretty much a 25-minute drive from any one of the other relatives that lives uh in and around Israel, so it's... Well, you've chosen well. It's one of our desired neighborhoods, to say the least. I, th I dream about, is it Rehov Pitam Aktoret or Rehov Aktoret? I forget which one they call it. We will be on Pitam Aktoret. Are you on Pitam What That's number? That's right. Uh, 23 oh over 4. Oh my gosh, on you're right there. <laughs> in, uh, above and beyond the mountain. You have to send regards to our French Lomo cats. <laughs> well, talk about somebody who inspired our move. Um, a lot of this move, I... It was something that I definitely was talking about for a while, but was not necessarily supported by my wonderful husband. And if I tell you, Shlomo Katz uh, really just inspired and, and gave my husband a completely different outlook on life in Israel, spirituality, music, and, and I can't thank him enough. I'm He's so glad wonderful. I brought him up. I'm yes. so glad I yeah. brought him up. That's amazing. What neighborhood are you coming from? You lived where in the New York area? Teaneck, New Jersey. Oh, so, so you, you've lived a good Jewish life. <laughs> oh, I like to tell people we had absolutely no reason to leave. We have an incredible community. We have incredible friends. Um, but... But that's when you know it's time to go. All right. Before I turn to your father, your sneakers have have <laughs> oh made have already made an international <laughs> sensation. <laughs> now the reason they have is because those who would see a photo of them would see what. Uh, my sneakers read, and they're beautifully designed in <laughs> blue and white, uh, loud and proud. Uh, they say Aliyah 2019. Um, and, and uh, there's plenty of blue and white in it. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> but the actually, actually the the backstory on these is a colleague of mine uh, where I used to work uh, did some work for Nike. She came back from a birthright trip, and was so inspired by that trip and her experience in Israel. And when I told her that I was making Aliyah, 
she said, we have to represent this in sneakers. Go and, Nike! Uh, Go so, Nike! Listen, I think they're wonderful if uh, Nike would like to give me a call. And <laughs> <laughs> of course, now that you're an international a sensation. And it is a, it's remarkable what you just said. Birthright, Nefesh Benefesh, yes. all these groups that simply want to connect people mm -hmm. to Israel, look what ends up happening. The ripple effect is amazing. It, it's, it's incredible. And it's just, again, I, from what we've been told from people on the ground, everybody wants you to succeed. There is nobody that wants to see you fail. So whether you know it's it's birthright, whether it's nefesh benefesh, it's it's the whole idea of making this experience incredible. And I just feel we feel really blessed. Well, unbelievable. Rabbi Michael Miller is here, Executive Vice President, Jewish Community Relations Council of New York. Uh, no uh, n no secret, one of our favorite people to say the least. Uh, Rabbi Michael Miller, welcome to JM the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's wonderful to be with you. Uh, to We've been to a lot of places together. This is unusual yeah, for us. Yeah, but not 30,000 feet above the earth. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so it's obvious from your daughter's story that you have other children who are living in Israel, but yeah. nonetheless, this must be still a very special feeling for you. It's a special feeling because uh, we live very nearby Nahama, a walking distance, and um, saw the kids grow up uh, beyond just raising Nahama and her marriage to uh, Benjamin, a wonderful family, the Cohen family. Um, but Max's birth and Lily's birth, I, I had the privilege of teaching um, Max his, his, um, his Torah portion, um, not Vayetze, but Vayetze. <laughs> uh, let's get it right. Um, now that he's an Israeli, you better get it right. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're, so the, the beauty of all of this, having bid farewell to our middle daughter, uh, to Nitsa, um, 12 years ago at JFK, it's a little different being on the plane right. uh, together with Nahama Benjamin and, and the kids um, and seeing their parting from Benjamin's parents and Benjamin's brother and, and uh, sister-in-law. Um, to me, the, 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 the tears are tears of joy. Um, so after Hayinu Kechomim and the Ma'enu, there is a a celebration here of, of a culmination of what your father Zichron of the Bracha and my father Zichron of the Bracha instilled in their and respective uh, mothers sure. instilled in their children, meaning you and me, that we instilled in our children. And I, Baruch Hashem, I, I've, I've seen it in Nitsa and, and now to be part of, of, of this uh, odyssey, uh, this journey together with, with Nahama. It's unbelievable. <sighs> what do you think of Nahama's description about this flip of a switch? And I know, obviously, it's a progression, but still, it sounds like in November there was this, you know, this final, I, we just, you know, we, we had this final realization that where we belong is in Israel. I, I think that when you mentioned Shlomo Katz, that, that shul, Shirat David, there, there's something when you daven there, when you pray there, that lifts you to where we are right now. Um, 30,000 feet above the <laughs> ground. Um, there is, it, it, it's just, it's almost indescribable. Um, and when you walk out of that environment, and when you think about coming back to the United States. Makes no sense, huh? It just, <laughs> just doesn't, it just doesn't. 
Um, yes, we have to walk with our feet on the ground. It doesn't mean that our neshama, that our, our, our soul, uh, shouldn't rise uh, to the heavens. And I've seen it with uh, this amazing pair, Nechama and Binyamin. I see it with Max. Um, a secret that your listeners will, will hear is that Max is not musical. He barely can carry a note. <laughs> so nobody, my, my daughter is waving her <laughs> finger at me. Nobody should envy me as teaching him trup. And and uh, and but he's still persevered. <laughs> he is amazing. He is amazing. The fact that he his singing is, is not something that's going to end up in the Miami Boys <laughs> Choir. That's not the issue. The issue is that when he does sing, it's as if he's in the Miami Miami Boys Choir. Wow! Because it's heart, coming huh? exactly as Nahama just patted her heart. It's coming from the heart. It's coming from the soul, um, and that's what. Uh, Eretz Yisrael uh, does for their family, does for our family, and d- does pretty much for all Jews. Now, what are you going to do when uh, what happens next, and has happened to us many times, happens yeah. to you today, when you land in Tel Aviv and everyone there thinks you've made Aliyah? <laughs> <laughs> and it's happened to us too many times yeah. at this point. I, what do you think? I, 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 I've done this, Bev, you have uh, quite <laughs> oh, a number right. of you've times. Been fly, right. I've been on the flight before. And one time, uh, then Prime Minister and still Prime Minister Netanyahu was there. And, and, and he kind of <laughs> double take. Uh, what are you doing <laughs> what are you here? Doing here? <laughs> um, so you're not I, worried. You've I, been through no, it before. I, to me, I, I ignore the the chitzoniyot. I uh, know the extraneous. I, I'm looking at um, my uh, children slash grandchildren coming. Um, it's very interesting. Everybody sings, right. right? Um, if you take a look at, at the uh, Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, the first part of that Pasuk is, Yesh Tikva La'acharitam. Right. Yesh Tikva La'acharitam. There is hope for their future, Vishavu Vanim Le'gvulam. And when we sing Ha'tikva on the ground, in Terminal 1, in Ben-Gurion Airport, um, it, it brings back that beautiful parak, brings back Yirmiyahu, brings him to life, and brings, I think, the Jewish people and Jewish history to life, Nachum. Um, and so, how, how can I, even if Nachum weren't on this plane, and, and Josh would have invited me. <laughs> how can you not be emotional, how, right? How can I be, how can you not? Um, uh, yeah, there's something to it. Uh, I've been handed a note that your brother-in-law is with Tabor Wine. Is that the... Uh, <laughs> he, might, he might be the most important person in your family, frankly. Uh, I've just been told that in the Chabba. What, what can you tell us about the winery? Anything special? <laughs> I, I mean, the, the wine is fantastic. I'm not going to lie. We, we but, agree. Uh, we were at their event recently. We agree with you. So there but, you go. But my brother-in-law and sister-in-law are both pretty fantastic. And again, it, it just... It was another reason. It was uh, another kick and push in the right direction is that with each family member that went with each uh, niece nephew cousin that that 
uh, went over there, it just gave us another reason. And um, I, I credit him. I credit him with making his decision because it helped us make ours. A pleasure to have you on the air. Thank and, you. and I really hope that soon I will see what Shlomo Katz is sure because I always <laughs> oh, talk yeah. to him. I always talk to him about it. And I see these random people who are congregants of his and they try to describe what the experience is like. And I say to myself, I got to experience this one. So. I yeah. hope to do that one day. We hope so, too. And Mazal Tov. Thank you so much. And Rabbi Michael Miller, Mazal Tov to you. Always a pleasure. It's a wonderful, always a wonderful being with you, Nachum. Thank, Thank you, you so much. More coming up. You're listening to JM and the M from the plane. I'm not even kidding. We're on a plane. We're on an aircraft tens of thousands of miles above the earth with some amazing Jewish heroes, Olim, who are heading to Israel. And you are listening to JM and the AM as we continue on this unique Wednesday morning broadcast uh, let's do this one, a real classic at JM in the AM. JM in the AM, and I'm waiting for Miriam Wallach to hand me a note and let me know who my next guest is. You actually did write it down? <laughs> that is because we have the honor, and boy is it an honor, to be on the official Aliyah flight for someone who's been working for the Nahum Siegel Network. How many years is it, Avrami? How many years are you uh, with us? I'm thinking 14, since 2005. Since 2005, Avrami Finkelstein has been working for the Nahum Siegel Network. We facilitated in a little way his, um, he and his family going for a pilot year to Israel last year. I'd like to take at least a drop of the credit for that. In a major way. I make sure to tell people it's in a major way. I appreciate that. And now we're going to take as much credit as possible <laughs> for you actually making Aliyah with your family today, which is amazing yes, and incredible. Very exciting. Anybody who listens to the Tuesday and Wednesday Live Lunch, anybody who's ever gotten a copy of an, of an archive of an interview they've done with me, anybody who's ever been sent something from our main office, it likely came from Avrami at NachumSiegel.com or more accurately, AF at NachumSiegel.com. Right. So a lot of people in this audience don't even realize that you are, uh, uh, that you are the same, one and the same in terms of the person that they hear from at the network and the same person who's uh, now making Aliyah with his family. Uh, big shout out to Toby, your wonderful wife, who we know for a very long time. And uh, this has been, um, I mean, look, we've just been observing the last 12 months. You could tell us what it's been like on the inside over the last 12 months. You have kids, you have a wonderful family, a lot of challenges, a year. Nobody knows how that year is going to go. But here you are now in August of 2019 on this plane. It seems to indicate that things are going in the right direction. 
yeah, so I think they are going in the right direction. I think that um, it was very challenging, but over time, uh, it definitely uh, did get easier. Everyone was getting more into it. Um, uh, the kids more picking up the language, um, especially my two older ones. I think my little one was uh, purposely trying to not. <laughs> uh, but uh, quite a strategy, huh? <laughs> uh, but he is. Um, but he actually, when we went to, for the school interviews for this coming year, and the uh, the head of the school was speaking to him in Hebrew, he was actually answering. He and was we're cooperative. Like, wow, he actually he really knows cooperative. some Hebrew. <laughs> so, uh, so that was really good and a great surprise. And it just worked out. When we, we went to Beit Shemesh, and uh, we're going to be, we renewed our lease. We're going to be there again for another year. And just, it was really helpful. Uh, we had great neighbors, a really nice community. Um, you know, Olim from, from all over the place, from Australia, from South Africa, from England, uh, from America, uh, from all over the place. And uh, really just so inviting and so nice when you get there and willing to help out uh, with everything. And actually, we were very fortunate. Uh, I moved, we got an apartment that was upstairs from a lifelong friend of mine who's also been a Jam and the Aim listener forever. And of course, that made things uh, so much easier as well. Things like uh, just letting us know where uh, we could pick up the Ravkov and where we can do this and where we can uh, just so many, so many helpful things. So I think that um, I would tell people who are just going there now if, if people are offering advice, if people are offering help, don't be like, oh, no, I can handle it or whatever. Try to get help. Try to get the things that you need. It will make things easier. It makes people closer together. And really just take advantage of whatever you can. And then when you get that kind of stuff, when you get it up and you're at that next step, even two months in, and you can give that to somebody else, then do it. Because I, that's... I, I like the fact that Aframi's now becoming Aliyah advisor. I mean, my gosh. It was one thing he went to Israel for the year. Now he's actually practically the NBN office. Are we going to lose you to Nefesh Benefesh at NSN? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> JM and the AM on this Wednesday. Avrami, what are all these things you're holding? Is that luggage tags? Yeah, or that luggage tags. A lot of luggage. Yeah, yeah. I brought He's my uh, fanny pack with all the stuff. <laughs> I'm all ready. All ready. You're all set. Any adventure you're ready for at this moment. Now, with you, uh, this is Nava. Nava Finkelstein is how old? Oh, wait. Let me turn on her microphone. Nava, welcome to JM and the AM. How are you? Good. How old are you? Nine. All set for this big move to Israel? Mm-hmm. What do you think of the first year in Israel? It was okay. It was all right? 50-50, yeah. half and half, that kind of thing? What was the highlight of the year? What was the best part of the entire year in Israel? My best friend, Liel. And w did you meet her in Israel when you moved there? Yeah. That's nice. So you did make friends with someone, and you've sort of been together uh, since then, right? Mm-hmm. How has she been over the summer while you spent time in America? Were you in touch with her at all? Mm, sort of. You think she's missing you terribly? I don't know. Will there be a big reunion when you get back to Beit Shemesh? I guess so. <laughs> we uh, did. Uh, Robbie, what do you think? Are they the type of friends where there'll be where there'll be an emotional get together? It seems like it. We did. We did get a. I got a message from someone that we met, who's my little son's like really good friend, and uh, he was saying he, they need us to come back because they are being forced to spend a lot more time with their kid than they want to. So they need our. We need. They need us to come back because his kid was spending hours in our apartment. Look at the service you're providing. It's amazing. You're practically changing the landscape of Israel with everything you're doing. How how was school this year, Nava? It was fine. It was all right? Yeah. Is there English spoken there at all? Is it all Hebrew? How would you describe it? Well, I went to a school that was mostly Hebrew. Like, I had two English speakers in my class. That's it. All right. And, uh, and I guess that helps one learn Hebrew, right? That helps you pick it up. 
Yeah. Are you a great Hebrew speaker now? Sort of. Father uh, Father Avrami, would you say that uh, I think that she's, is a good Hebrew speaker? I think she's well on her way. I think that um, out of the three kids, she's the most confident in her speaking in that. Even though my older son might, might be as good as her at speaking, but when we would go to restaurants or something, Nava will be the one who's most confident to go up to speak to the person in the restaurant, the person behind the counter, because that's more her personality anyway to be more outgoing. So this just... Uh, went with that. So. It sounds like your parents need you in a leadership role. It sounds like you're the one who's going to take control of all these situations. Am I right about it that? It happened many times. <laughs> <laughs> so you're led by a nine-year-old. Nothing wrong with that, right? Um, and uh, what do you think this is going to be like now that people know that you're officially moving to Israel? Is it going to be any different than this past year was? Um, no, because I'm a new lot again. So again, right. I'm going to have no homework. Again, I'm going to have special help. Again, I'm going to get taken out a lot to do fun stuff. So it's going to be the exact same almost. Interesting. Double the pleasure, huh? I never even realized that when you're there for a year, you get a lot of special privileges. Yeah, I guess people, uh, just everyone assumes that we were OLM, and we, and we had to correct <laughs> them. No, no, we're <laughs> Tyrim, we're, you know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. No, you're really OLM. Uh, Rami Finkelstein's here with his daughter, Nava. The Finkelsteins uh, are making Aliyah on this flight, and uh, it's wonderful. There was actually a debate for a while whether you'd be on this flight, and you, or maybe one of the group or other flights, Nefesh, Nefesh, but Baruch Hashem, you're on the biggest flight of the summer, which is nice. Right, right. So I, I think um, initially we were thinking to go on, the, I guess, the next one, which is next week, to have a little bit more time, uh, but that happened to be full. And then the one later than that, we preferred not because we want the kids to have some time to get over the jet lag and whatever else to sort of feel back into it before they go back into school. Right. So this worked out uh, This worked out well. Also, I would assume the general manager of the Nahum Siegel Network wanted everything set up in Beit Shemesh the way it should be way before the official start of the new season, I would guess. Exactly. So that, that, would, also, that would also be a consideration, right? As I continue to play the whole thing on Miriam L. Wallet. Anyway, what can I say? I Like I say, I when you... and. This, this may sound terrible coming from me. It may sound terrible coming from me, but I think it's such an important thing to emphasize. When you say that we as a network had a role in all of this that you're now experiencing, you're not just talking about the nuts and bolts of how to make Aliyah and going ahead and, and, and doing what's necessary in order to make this dream come true. You're also talking about the dream itself, that because you've been with us for 14 years, you've heard a certain attitude and a certain perspective, both historically and in the present day, about what the state of Israel actually is all about. Right, so my background is certainly not in, in this vein. Uh, my, uh, I went to like what you would say more like a, um, a not anti-Zionist a, a school when I was growing up, so that was not where it came from. It came from when we, I went to learn when I was in graduate school, that started it. And uh, that's where I started getting into it. Not that my family was against it, whatever. But right. you know what I mean. You know, so right. it was so hard. It was definitely just two major things that that working uh, for NSN uh, that I really wanted to do, or that became more important than that became a possibility. One of them is Aliyah, and that we're doing this now. And also, my wife Toby, obviously, she also she spent more time in Israel than I did, and she also, when we first met, we were like, well, we're not necessarily jumping on this right away but this is definitely a possibility that we can do this and then I think working in like you were saying speaking with all the people and hearing all the news and learning all about everything definitely helped bring us in this right direction and make us think more about it and the other thing was is uh, why you like 
thinking I, that wasn't a thing in my head either. So like th hearing all the stuff that happens there, because I went to a, like a regular college, or whatever. I was like, wow, you know, it would have been really awesome if I could go there. So so that definitely I got an appreciation for these two, uh, I guess, big things in Jewish life. And obviously the YU thing, I is I'm past that, uh, I think. But uh, but the nefesh and everything <laughs> and being in Israel, I'd have to finish that, some credits. Right. <laughs> so but definitely, th so those two things were very important. Uh, and my exposure to that was obviously through, you know, 99% of it was through the work that we do, through the people that you speak to and everything. So definitely... High five for that. That's a great... I'm telling you, I'm so happy about that. Hey, Nava, how's mom doing back there? She all right? Good. She's doing all right? She resting? Is she, uh, she nervous or she's doing fine? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm the one who's nervous. Oh, you're the one who's nervous. <laughs> and the boys aren't driving her crazy, are they? The boys are watching. They're watching on TV? All right, very good. That's a good that's a good way to pass the time on the way to Israel, right? All right, Mazal Tov to both of you. Thank you so much. Mazal Tov to the Finkelstein family. Last time we came to Beit Shemesh, we, 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 we did not give you an appropriate visit, but next time hopefully we're going to stay for a little while and, and schmooze and then see what the Finkelsteins are, uh, are doing in Beit Shemesh and let you know uh, up close and personal how very proud we are of you. Awesome. I'll cook you a great meal. I have a <laughs> feeling you will. Thank you, guys. I'm Rami Finkelstein, everybody. You know him. You know him as a, a member of the Nachum Siegel Network and a very important one, his daughter Nava, Mazal Tov to the Finkelsteins, as they are on this flight making Aliyah, moving to Israel. Amazing. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM with Nevesh Benevesh. If you want to do what the Finkelsteins are doing, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, or 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. open desert tent history's children in every event are looking for a way to lighten up their load and brighter than the sun you shine Jerusalem you're on my mind you lift my soul you echo the divine that guides us so that we may teach and all may know the hand that may admonish or reward has given us this holy space Jerusalem to you I turn I trace my steps back to you now again Jerusalem is calling Jerusalem is calling
something new. The map is old. It's left here for you to unfold. A note, a memo, drifts down from on high. And lands upon foundation stone. The message is, you're not alone. Jerusalem will keep your dream alive. Jerusalem is calling. Jerusalem is calling Hear it echo through the canyons of your mind Until you reclaim the things you've left behind It's telling you this just might be the time On the Nevis Benevis flight, hour number one is in the books, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. And I thank all of you for tuning in. I want to thank you for the comments on the app. I want to thank you for joining us on what is a historic 60th Nefesh Benefesh flight. This is the 60th time they're doing a charter flight. Obviously, there are group flights and many other ways for people to make Aliyah through the year. But this is the 60th charter flight in the history of the organization uh, in the last 17 years, where the entire plane is filled with Olim. And in this case, 242 total Olim. With 31 families, the youngest Oled, 28 days old. The oldest Oled, 69 years old. 41 IDF lone soldiers, 103 children, three sets of twins. We're talking about an amazing charter Aliyah flight. It all adds, uh, adds up with all the group flights and all the other people making Aliyah this summer. 2,282 total Olim during the summer of 2009. 
293 families, 894 singles, 196 of them IDF loan soldiers just this summer. Again, 2,282. Pretty amazing. It's Wednesday here at JM and the AM. We're in hour number two. Plenty more coming up. We have more guests who are going to be joining us. People who dreamt about moving to Israel and are now on this flight, now on an Aliyah flight, an Aliyah charter flight to Tel Aviv. And we are broadcasting from that flight. And later on, of course, we'll be speaking with both Rabbi Yoshua Fass and Tony Gelbart, who are the founders of Nefesh Benefesh, for whom this was a, a dream themselves, or for themselves, years and years ago. And now they enjoy their 60th flight to Israel together, leading this unique and incredible group of Olim. Remember, if you'd like to be part of this, 8664-ALIYAH, 8664-ALIYAH, or nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. This is JM in the AM. Great selection from Lenny Solomon, Am Yisrael Lenetzach, from his Simchat Chaim album. We always have a unique playlist on JM and the AM when it comes to our flights to Israel with Nefesh Benefesh. And today is no exception. A great playlist of wonderful Israel songs. In between, we get to meet some wonderful people who, are, who have been until now dreamers. And today, they get the opportunity to see and experience their dream come true. Like Lily Daroff, who's here. Lily Daroff. Is, is that, hello, good morning. Hello. Nice to speak with you. <laughs> Lily is not only an Ola and somebody who will be an official Ola Chadasha in just a few hours, she's also going at, into the army as a lone soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. And you, Thanks you, for you, me. And you have to explain some of this. You, you are from Washington, right? right? In that yeah. area? Okay. Yeah. You're, you're from Washington. Your family's from Washington. Yep. 
Uh, everyone congratulates your father on his new appointment, yeah. right? <laughs> William Thanks. Daroff is the new CEO of the Conference of Presidents, which is wonderful. And mm -hmm. I think you know that everybody at our network are major fans of his, so it's great to have you on the air. Um, all right, so you're you're in Washington, yes, growing up like up like a regular teen, so yes. to speak. And at <laughs> some point, you say to yourself, "You know what mm. I'd like to do? Yeah, I'd like to head to Israel myself and become a soldier in the army." Tell me how that works. Yeah, it was definitely a very unique path. Most of my friends are just going to college near me, so I'm definitely going a different route. But it was pretty much just the fact that. My parents are so involved in these Israel organizations. We'd visit Israel every summer and just always going back to the country and kind of eventually I just wanted to explore the option. So we visited the Lone Soldier Center and I found out about Green Sabar and then I started doing those different uh, seminars and it just really took off from there. Unbelievable. And now yeah. you're ready and now you're ready <laughs> to do this. Now yes. first of all, I'm glad you blamed this all on your parents because if they complain about you being yeah. thousands of miles away, <laughs> you could say to them, Hey, you know, it's all yeah. your fault, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> number two, what's your schedule? It's now August. So what happens yes. to a lone soldier like yourself over the next few months? Right. So I decided to do Green Sabar. So now I'm going to be with them and the first three months is an absorption period and that is where I'm in a kibbutz and we just do old pawn and the IQ tests and physical tests and everything that Israeli high school students do already that we haven't gotten exposed to and just kind of prepare for the army and then we all draft in around November and then we're we go back to the kibbutz for Shabbats or holidays it's like our permanent base but we also have new bases in the army that I need to do yeah. this for the benefit of the audience may I ask you sure. how old you are yeah, I'm 18. You're 18 <laughs> years old. That's pretty remarkable that you've gotten <laughs> to this point in life this quickly yeah. and that you want to do this. Do you know anybody back there? Do you know any soldiers on this flight? Yes, yeah. I have two I have yeah, I have two friends that I actually went to high school with that are here. They're well, also doing this? Yeah. <laughs> There's six people including me from my high school going to the army. How do you explain that? It's a Jewish day school and I don't know. We just it's not it's not a normal thing at all. Normally there's I mean if you look at the previous graduating yeah, class there was no one. Right. In the grade before like maybe one or two. Did you guys influence each other? Was it one of those deals or no? I don't think so. It was the type of thing where maybe a little bit, but most people I didn't know until later. Like and, I had already decided. And do your colleagues also have thank God supportive parents? Is everybody yeah. okay with this yeah. whole thing? Yeah. And are most of the families planning on visiting you at some point? Yes. You and them during the mm -hmm. year? Yeah, definitely. One of them, his parents are from Israel and the others have a lot of family there. And then, yeah, and some of them have known they wanted to do this since a lot before a lot earlier than I did. <laughs> We're speaking to Lily Daroff. This is an amazing story as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Was there ever one of those what am I doing moments? I don't mean today. So you may have had that, but yeah. I'm talking about the last few months. Yeah, I not today, but a little, I think earlier in the year when I was trying to juggle like applying to colleges and this, and it was just such a an extra task, and I wasn't even sure I'd get into Green Sabar. It was a struggle. And a little bit at the beginning of the summer, I think, when I just realized that I was leaving home and all my friends and family. Right. But I can imagine yeah. there were some tough moments there. Yeah. Was the airport hard. tough today at JFK? Yeah, it was hard to say goodbye, but I was also a lot... I felt ready also. Like, I've been waiting for this. Right. So, it's so. it's time already. Yeah. You know, this, this is it, guys. It's, it's time for me to move on. Speaking with Lily Daroff. Um, now, when you say apply to college, does that mean there's a possibility you'll go to college in the U.S.? Or you're going to be... Yeah. 
You, yeah. Is that decided already, or is that something that, that's still open in terms of whether you'll stay in Israel for college or go back? I think it is still a little bit open, but I do, yeah, I'm not really sure where I'll be. And you would then. officially still be, I mean, I'm assuming you'll yeah. tell me, from a, a citizen of the state of Israel. Yeah, I would. Right, you'd be voting in Israel. Yeah. Are you aware of the <laughs> fact that there's an election coming up? Yeah, I, I think am. you're eligible, right? Aren't they eligible right away as a citizen? I believe so. I thought I was, but then I think I found out that I'm I'm not going to be in Israel for oh, there's the a residency. Of days. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I wish I could. But. It's probably not that long, I would bet, you know, in yeah. the scheme of things, but I yeah. forgot that there's that rule. Yeah, I think Oh, interesting. Uh, but there are other crazy things in Israel you can get involved with. You don't have to worry about the election. Yeah. There's plenty of other yeah. stuff that's happening. Yeah. Where is the kibbutz located and what's area of Israel? It's it, um, The name of the kibbutz is Moaz Chaim. So it's in the north. It's in Beit Shayan. Beit Shayan, something. Sure, we know Beit Shayan, of course. Yeah, and so I just know it's an hour under Tiberius. Right. It's like an hour and a half drive from Tel Aviv. And you, so. uh, and you mentioned the Olpan, and you mentioned the uh, basic training, testing, yeah. etc. Are you expected to yeah. do anything specifically for the kibbutz community, or they know you're there for this I purpose? Think, I think we do do some things around the kibbutz, but a lot of it is programs. I think they teach us Israeli history, and it's a lot of learning, um, also learning about the army, because a lot of kids in Israel like, grow up with their parents in it and knowing all of the different units and they know for the us, culture. Yeah, we don't. You so. have a lot of terms and slang to learn. Yeah, a that's lot. for sure. That's the main thing. Do you have yeah. siblings? Tell me about the Daryl family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, one sister and a dog, but my sister <laughs> I like is how you say that. Uh, 16. And ha- has she said anything? Has she made comments about your goals or, or she's fine with she's the whole thing? She's supportive. She's definitely supportive, but I don't think that she will be doing this. But who knows, right? <laughs> but who knows, yeah. You never know. <laughs> Amazing. And I think I saw your dog at the airport, by the way. No, I wish. Oh, oh I was holding someone else. Oh, you were holding someone else. <laughs> a little yeah. separation anxiety? Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're compensating for that, huh? Yeah, it was a dog similar <laughs> to my dog. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Baruch Hashem, you had that, that opportunity at least. Yeah. And your parents are very cool about the yeah. whole thing, right? Yeah. Because I did see your yeah. father get a drop emotional, but I guess that's normal, right? Yeah, he did. Yes. Yeah, Look, I don't know what to say. Oh, I, the, the pride that people like myself and all of us, frankly, that uh, work together in this endeavor have when we meet people like you is just unbelievable. Thank I don't you. know if you get that. I don't know if you like being called the hero or not. <laughs> but for us, it's a it's, it's wonderful to uh, to see the type of things you decided to do and to carry them out. So thank we you. introduced you earlier as a dreamer. I'm glad your dream came true. Oh, thank you so much for talking to me now. A this pleasure. Really cool. And enjoy your status as Ola Chadasha. Yeah. Thank you. There she is, Lily Daroff from Washington, D.C., and now uh, from a kibbutz. It's going to be very it's quickly enough from a kibbutz up in the Haifa area. And you are listening to JM and the AM on a plane here at the Nahum Siegel Network as we head with uh, over 200 Olim to Israel on this Nefesh Benefesh 60th flight in their history. And you're listening to JM and the AM. Mi pasé a la paja, me malé de la chamada. 
Zaytan Freilich, I'm Yisrael Chai, it's JM in the AM, we are on a plane, I'm not even joking, we're on the 60th flight in the history, charter flight in the history of Nevesh Benevesh. We are with 242 Olim, one of them is a representative of the Boim and Kaznet family, if I have that right, and that is Tzivia Boim. Tzivia Boim is, um, is here on the flight making Aliyah with her family. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Where have you been living till now? Cedarhurst, New York. Oh, and one can move from Cedarhurst to Israel? It's possible. <laughs> I, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> what, are, what was this process like for you guys? When did you decide it's time to head to Israel? 
we decided when we first got married. How long ago was that? And we had a five-year plan. That was 13 years ago. Wow. So the five-year so plan, five plan didn't it. work. <laughs> Amazing. I think Dave Kufeld, in, in one of his uh, discussions about Aliyah, said, after a series of five-year plans, exactly. we finally That's more realistic. decided to make Aliyah. How many kids do you have? We have three boys. And one of them is celebrating a birthday. Absolutely. His first birthday and, today. And that is Natan El Chaim. Yes. Who's celebrating a birthday. And what a way to celebrate. Is he behaving like a birthday boy He's back there? Sleeping fast well, asleep. That's, that's the best way to behave. You can say that again. That's actually a big blessing for you. And uh, how have the older children reacted to this big move? They're very excited. Um, thank God we have a ton of family who live in Israel. They have been a huge support for us. And I have nephews who are my son's age that they're going to be in school with. So my sons are very excited to be with their cousins. And, uh, you know, they have their cousins motivating them and telling them how much fun it is living here. So they're good. All right. So any pushback that other families might get, you've been spared, thank God. Well, that's a good feeling. Speaking with Sivia Boyne, we're on the uh, Nefesh Benefesh flight, of course, heading to Israel. Um, Now, we discussed before we sat down for this conversation on the air, uh, the fact that you have a very distinguished family, to say the least. I know some of the members, really great people. And you as a family suffered a tremendous loss. Your brother-in-law was murdered by terrorists. This is over 20 years ago, as you reminded me. Yes. And we, of course, remember because uh, part of the Boyne family was living on the Lower East Side at that point. Now, I know it's a long time ago, and I know you're not always thinking about that. But do you think that that episode, just like Rabbi Fast, founded this organization, frankly, because of the murder after, in the aftermath of the murder of his cousin, do you think this, uh, this terrible and horrific episode may have had some influence on the future of the family? I do. It's definitely played a huge part in mine and Hill's relationship. Um, It's definitely something that we always think about. Um, You know, obviously it's a big something in the Boyne family. And um, my mother-in-law's greatest dream is to have everybody come and live in Israel and surround them um, and, and be there. You know, they had this dream 20-something odd years ago to and bring their children and right. raise them, and they did it. Right. And her biggest dream um, was to have her children obviously stay there, and, you know, after everything with David, um, I'm sure it was very hard for her. Not all of the children lived there, but now for us to be coming back, for her, that's amazing. So this is a pretty good answer, if there is such a thing as good in this whole scenario, to the terrorists and to those who are, who are uh, you know, carrying out terrible things against the Jewish people. This is at least a positive way to respond and it sounds like you feel that way absolutely um what was this process like meaning the nefesh benefesh process because you know that 21 years ago if you would speak to someone in your family it may not have been as easy as the experience you had how would you describe what these last few months have been like so my parents made aliyah years ago um i was actually born in israel oh wow and so we were comparing notes and my mother was telling us how when she made when she moved to israel i think she got like a toaster oven (laughs) and uh and that was their good luck here you go um you can't even compare to what Nefesh Benefesh has been doing for us. They've been so supportive from the minute we filled out the application. Um, we have special connections. We know Tani. He's related to my sister-in-law. Oh, and, um, you really have a distinguished family. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, from every step of the way. I mean, from trying to help us with jobs and getting the kids involved, um, set up with school and all the flight information. Do you um, have other community members in Cedarhurst who are on this Aliyah flight or who have made Aliyah recently that you know of? Not that I know of personally. And, has, and, and your circle of friends back in the five towns, what was their reaction 
when they found out that you're heading to Israel? Well, their reaction was we knew you guys would do it one day because it's definitely been in the plans for us. Um, I have to add that, unfortunately, I lost a brother pretty recently, too. A year and a half ago, he died very tragically while on vacation overseas. Oh, yeah. And Sorry my Natanel was actually named after him, Natanel Chaim. My brother was Chaim Natan. And so this really brings it full circle for us because uh, he served in the IDF and he would have loved to live in Israel. And so for us to be celebrating my baby's first birthday, he's named after Chaim, making Aliyah, coming to Israel, living my brother's dream as well. It really just brings it full circle with David Boim and my brother Chaim. Wow. Um, this is special. This is really a momentous occasion for and us. Im- and imagine as he gets closer to army age, what that experience is going to be like with the name that he carries and with the family Absolutely. that he's from. I thank you very much for joining us, and a big mazal tov to you and your family. Thank you so much. Representing the Boim and Kaznet families, it's Sivia Boim, as we continue here on JM and the AM on the flight, the flight, the charter flight of Nefesh Benefesh to Israel with all these amazing Jewish heroes, all these great olim. It's the 60th flight in the history of Nefesh Benefesh in the last uh, 17 years. It's one that has 242 olim. One that's represented by 31 families and many lone soldiers and uh, those who are going into uh, civil service as Benot Sheirut as well. It's pretty remarkable and we have the opportunity to be with them throughout this entire journey until we get to Tel Aviv right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up. Keep it right here as we continue with Nefesh Benefesh.
Am Yisrael Chai, which uh, is from off of the album Pioneers for a Cure by the Pioneer Artists. We will dedicate that to Batsheva and Murray. I hope they're tuned in on this very, very special broadcast as we are on the Nefesh B'Nefesh flight heading to Israel with all these hundreds of Olim on the 60th Nefesh B'Nefesh flight ever. My name is Nachum Siegel. This is JM and the AM. A reminder, you too can be on a Nefesh B'Nefesh flight and head by charter flight to Israel, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H, or nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. Pretty amazing. 
Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonish Masar of Zev, Yosef Alevi, and Zechonish Mas Esther Basar, Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in Shmos, Lelokachti Eschem Lila'am. Usually, in order for a people to become a nation, they have to dwell in the same land where they were born and raised. If they become uprooted from their land and have to move elsewhere, they can't always maintain their own nationality. B'nai Yisrael, however, became a nation before they reached Eretz Yisrael. We have always been a nation, no matter which land we have gone to. The Yalkut Chodesh explains that the same language is employed with reference to Eretz Yisrael, the Holy Land, as the expression that is used for the Torah. Torah Tzivolonu Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu commanded us the Torah, Moshe, it is an inheritance, Kehilas Yaakov, for the Kehila of Yaakov. Because the inheritance of Eretz Yisrael is not something that a person has an everlasting schustu, we have this privilege if we live a life according to Torah. Our claim to Eretz Yisrael depends on Klau Yisrael guarding our nationality through Shmir Samitzvus in Torah learning. The Michtam Elio says, the fact that we have a Yishuv in Eretz Yisrael today is a nace, it's a miracle. It is among the great chasodim that Hashem has bestowed upon His nation. We are able to come from one extreme, the point of Chorben Europa, the Holocaust, to the other extreme and reestablish the yeshivas in the great centers of Yiddishkeit in Eretz Yisrael. We have to remember, though, there is an Eretz Yisrael de Lamata and an Eretz Yisrael Shalmaila, one that is below and one that is above. They both must exist simultaneously. We say in davening, Dovar Tziva Le'elef Dor. It has been thousands of years since we have gone into Golos, into the exile. How does the Ava, the great love, remain in our heart? The Michtam Elio explains, it's because of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. That Kedusha continues to draw us near, no matter how long the bitter Golos is. This is the Yerusha, the inheritance that we have from Avraham Avinu. He was Moshe Nefesh. He self-sacrificed for the Nisayan, the challenge of Lech Lecha. The Talmidim of the Belzer Rebbe, Reb Shalom of Belz, had drawn water for the Maim Shalono, the special water which is used to bake matzahs. When they finished their task, they were leaving the water overnight to use the next day. They wished the Rebbe, L'shana haba b'Yerushalayim, next year in Yerushalayim. The Rebbe asked, why next year? We can take this water that we drew today and we can bake matzahs in Yerushalayim and eat them in the presence of Mashiach tomorrow. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM, thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser, and uh, thank you to all of you for tuning in. A special JM in the AM presentation from the Flight to Israel with Nefesh Benefesh, a charter flight for the 60th time in their history. You could be part of all this. You can go to... Um, nbn.org.il nbn.org.il Donnie and Deshaun Boker are here. Boker, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. One of the reasons I'm so enthusiastic is because they have a special distinction. Apparently, both of them were students of Miriam L. Wallach 
long ago. I don't know if it was long ago, but at some point. Well, it must have been long ago. You're working already at the network for seven years. Yeah, it was a while. It was a while back, huh? It was about 10 years ago. Do we look back at it as a pleasant experience, Definitely. as a challenging one? What would you say? It was definitely an entertaining experience, a memorable one. You, I see you were briefed. You were told what to say on this show, I see. Now, Baruch Hashem, I'm glad everything worked out back then, and now it seems things are working out really well here for you guys. First of all, where are you from? Where have you been living in what neighborhood uh, in the most recent times? Uh, we're both from Woodmere, and right. we've been living in Washington Heights. Um, nice. I just graduated from Yeshiva University, and Donnie graduated from Queens. And uh, um, we're going now. I'm going to uh, the Technion to study mechanical engineering. And you decided that because you're going to school anyway, you're going to move to Israel? Yeah. We wanted to end up in Israel. We figured let's do some of that degree in Israel and make some connections already. Unbelievable. First of all, is there a tough transition for you, a student doing what you're doing? Why you to Technion? Are there a lot of difficulties? Is it very smooth for most of them? How would you describe it? There definitely are the, are some difficulties. Um, the Hebrew will be an issue. Um, I definitely will need to brush up on it at the beginning. Um, also, YU doesn't have an engineering program, mm. so I'll have to take a few extra requirements in order to catch up to what the students are up to. Are you living in student housing? How does it work over there? There is student housing. We won't be. Uh, we're going to be living in a community right next to it uh, that has a Dati presence uh, called Neve Shanan. Very nice. How'd you find it? Nefesh Benefesh helped a lot. Our advisor suggested this place. She actually used to live there. And we went to visit. We were there in June for a wedding, and we turned it into a pilot trip. Um, there were great people that were really sweet, really welcoming. Those are a couple of good highlights. You have sweet, welcoming people. That's half the battle right there, huh? Yeah. And uh, I assume at some point you, you went there, maybe on this pilot trip, and I guess rented a place or found a place to live? And uh, Not yet. We have some temporary apartment ah. for about a month, and we're going to look for an apartment while we're there. All right. So there's a lot of uh, house hunting going on. Yep. Um, were both of you on the same page? Do both of you have a history of a burning desire to move to Israel? Not exactly on the same page. Um, I definitely had a bigger desire to go, but we both really wanted to try it, and we know that it's really the right thing to do and wanted to give it its fair shot and do as best as we can to go there and to do the right thing and, and really be a presence there. Donnie, what do you say? I agree with Sean getting into Technion, which is a great opportunity, and we both have two or three siblings there for the year that it it just everything seemed to be lining up and falling into place so perfectly we couldn't turn it away i'm trying to judge your level of anticipation and excitement frankly <laughs> how would you describe it <laughs> it just feels very surreal it hasn't hit me yet right. i keep we keep been talking about it for a while and we keep saying we we're gonna try it we're gonna try it and now we're on a plane and but we were on a plane two months ago and this was a little different, though. You have to admit that. Yes. Yeah. And, of course, the big question, are you uh, related to the Yeshiva University star basketball player, uh, Boker, Kevin Boker? Yeah, he's my second cousin. Is he your second cousin? He is. He's a very impressive young man. He is. And very a great impressive, ball player. yeah. <laughs> well, a pleasure meeting you both. It's Donnie and Sean Boker. If you want to visit them, you go to, uh, where is it again? What city? Uh, Neve Shanad. Neve Shanad. And we wish, you the best, we wish you both the best of luck in Israel. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank so you much. very, very much. That's great. Meeting a lot of Olim Chadashim, a lot of... Brand new Olim to Israel, who are part of this Nefesh Benefesh charter flight. 
Michal White is here on the plane and walking into our mobile studio. Michal White. It says here most of her family has already moved to Israel and made Aliyah, including her parents in July. Uh, her distinction and her uniqueness on this flight is that she is the only student of Migdal O's, at least that we know of, who's on this flight making Aliyah. Would that be accurate? Are you the only one that, uh, that we know of on this flight? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, when were you most recently in Migdal O's? Did the school year just end or we're talking about uh, many months ago? No, the school year just ended. And then you were there? Yeah. And you came back for how long? Um, I was back for about two months. All right. And when was this decision made that it's time for you to officially make Aliyah and move to Israel? Well, I've actually been thinking about it since I was like a kid. My friends actually remember when I, I was in seventh grade talking about making Aliyah. Really? Yeah. But it officially started um, around December this year when I started the process. Now, Migdal O's has a, a vibrancy to it, tremendous academic atmosphere for those familiar with the school. And it does have... It lends itself to a great Zionist environment. Um, in fact, it, it, you know, if you point out one of the schools where you'd think there'd be candidates for Aliyah, that would be one of them. What did your colleagues in Migdalos say about your decision to do this? They were incredibly ecstatic. Like, um, six girls actually made Aliyah last year, but in, in Israel, one of my friends is making Aliyah in a few weeks, and like, but in Israel again, so I was the only one that did it on a flight. Um, but yeah, a bunch of us made Aliyah. All the Israelis are really excited to hang out with us. Where are you going to be living? You'll be with your family? Or yeah, I'll be living with my parents in Modine. And uh, what, is your, uh, what is your plan academically for this coming year? I'm doing a Shana Bet back at Minkdolos, and then hopefully I'll be drafting at the end of the year. So your family or your, your home is going to be a very popular place among Minkdolos students this coming year. Hopefully. I would bet. <laughs> And then when you say drafted, after this school, this upcoming school year, you plan on going into the Army? Yes. Do your parents know? Yes, they do. They're what very do they supportive. Say? They are supportive? They're yes. excited? Mm-hmm. Three what? of my brothers were in the Army. Wow, amazing. Yeah. What's your level of excitement on this flight? Tell me what it's like to be with all these hundreds of people around you who are doing what you're doing. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it felt like I was doing it alone. So it's nice to know that like there's so many other people that really want to do it. Did you have family at the airport? Um, my sister dropped me off. Yeah. And did she stay for the ceremony or not? Uh, she had to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> did you feed off of the uh, energy and emotion that was going on around you with all the families saying goodbye to their, uh, to their family members? Yeah, it was, really, it was really intense. But also, like, I was looking forward to it because when I land, my parents will be waiting for me. That's my pretty family. cool. Yeah. Michal White's family will be in Israel, in Tel Aviv at the airport, when she makes Aliyah officially in just a... In just a couple of hours. I mean, I know it's more than a couple, but you get my point. Uh, your parents moved there this past summer. Yes. They're in Modin. You're getting set for your Shana bet. And if I may ask, I mean, I guess it's obvious to us because of where you are up to in school, but maybe not to the rest of the audience. You're like 18 years old, 17 years old? I'm 19. 19 years old. Yes. And what would you say to those who are in your age range, not the, not the older people and the couples that already have children they are living in the United States, but a lot of people, as you know, are listening to this, and, and many of them, if not most of them, are in the U.S. at this point. What would you say to the people your age who are thinking about whether this is a good idea or not? Hmm. I've had a lot of discussions with a bunch of my friends this year about girls that were thinking about it who ended up staying. Um, it really depends on where you are in life and what you want to do and where your family is. Sometimes it's really important to stay and go to school and go to college back in America and then come afterwards. Um, 
I can't so you're tell people. Yeah. So you're tolerant to all directions. Of course. Whatever can, it is like, that people yeah. want to do. No, there are people that would you know, be trumpeting the cause and saying, everybody's got to move to yeah. Israel immediately, but that's not your style. When the time is right. If you move when it's not right for you, then pretty miserable, right? That's for sure. And you're making a lot of people around you miserable yeah. as well. Um, pleasure meeting you, Michal White. And nice mazel tov to you. Thank you. You're an Ola Hadasha <laughs> very, very soon. And just... Yeah in just a few hours. Thank you. Uh, a pleasure. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM, and I know that many of you love listening to this show for many reasons when we're here on the plane. One of the reasons, because you love hearing both Rabbi Fess and Tony Gelbart speak about the incredible Nefesh Benefesh organization. You'll have that opportunity next if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Words that we've become very familiar with. Those of us who are who who keep our attention on the uh, on the Holy Land. Visechazena. We have two legends with us now, and I have never seen them so cheerful and giddy. Look at this. It must be the 60th charter flight. That is why they are so cheerful, so giddy, so full of energy, and so much in a celebratory mood. It is, of course, Tony Gelbart, Rabbi Yoshua Fast, the co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh. We are on their 60th charter flight. Forget the, not, don't forget, include the group flights, all the other flights, the year-round calendar. In addition to all that, 60 charter flights in the last 17 years. Tony, Rabbi Josh, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. We're in a plane. We are tens. We are tens of thousands of feet in the air, heading to the Holy Land with a group of 242 Olim, representing 103 families, with lone soldiers aboard, with old Olim, with young Olim, some as young as 28 days. What an unbelievable privilege we have. And for you, it's the 60th time that you are doing this. How remarkable is that? Tony. No. I, that opening is... Every, Forget I, about I, it. Now I can go to bed. That was so much energy for me. Did you pick up in JFK a little bit of a different atmosphere than the other 59? For some reason to me, it seemed like there was a little bit more emotion. The families... And I think, by the way, because of the one charter flight this summer, you have a new dynamic. It's a Instead of a this, singles yeah. flight and a families flight, you have a combined mix, flight. Right, and I thought that whole energy and emotion was feeding off each other around the room. Did you pick that yeah, up? Yeah, you de- absolutely. You saw a different feeling. You felt a different feeling, excuse me, because you saw the young and the old, the... the it was a mix. It was really right. something special. It wasn't segregated. It was really amazing. It was really beautiful. Talk about the Jewish family. Oh, you yeah. had one you know, big Jewish family representing every aspect of our community. You always do, but you get my point that this one was a little bit different. And your presentation, I felt, was a little bit different. I don't know. How so? There was an emotion there that I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. The, the, I know you have in the past asked people to come up and bless their children, right? That has happened in previous. It has not. So that may be the difference. It was the first. So that might be the difference. I was sensing that people needed to have an outlet because it was very emotional. So you did pick all this yeah, up. I'm I think not we, dreaming we, we this. We both did. There were a lot of tears. There was a lot of clinging. It was uh, a lot of emotion. And I felt that to give them that outlet, I think that they needed it. And I, we were going to do something at the end with a tikva, but I think in the beginning just to... It's okay to hug it out. Yeah, I think what you did at the end worked really well, frankly, uh, with the traditional singing of Hatikva and the first, closing uh, of the ceremony. I never did it before. I'm not sure I'll do it again. Right. But it just fit today for some reason. Well, the last song of leaving on a jet plane also. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I don't know who put that <laughs> on. Somebody was DJing well, I must <laughs> say. All of a sudden, we have a DJ at these events. I didn't hire a DJ, so I don't know. Um, we, don't, we don't traditionally play on emotions, but that song, I was crying. You know? <laughs> it was like a movie scene. Now, uh, and what's funny about this whole exchange just now is you've been part of much more emotional charter flights. You've done charter flights during wars. You did charter flights in 2014 where everything was up in the air and where you had parents who I bet were a little bit more hesitant to send their children off than five years later today. And yet, 
we had this atmosphere today. So it's it was just interesting. Funny. We all it picked up on it. It's very I mean, interesting. You saw it even after the ceremony. People I'm were coming you, over. It was a very, the whole thing was interesting. And, and it made me think, by the way, about some of those other trips. I mean, you could tell literally war stories. You know, right. literally of sure. of what type of security you needed and what type of precautions and uh, and different things you had to keep in mind and implement in order to do, do those flights. I mean, I remember landing with you gentlemen in Tel Aviv for a flight that had zero people there right. because basically the country, I think you could say, was on shutdown. Right, yeah. was on shutdown. I was going to say lockdown. The country's on shutdown. Later that day, when we were back in the airport, there was a a, yeah. a red alert. And that we're, morning, we had a red alert when we were processing the Olim. Right. During the quote-unquote ceremony. There was no ceremony. Right, but during the speech or two, whatever. We, right. yeah, 240 had people had to go in the back, the back into the, luggage. to the luggage area. area? It was a, an yeah. hour into their, into their aliyah. It was right. most remarkable But But like I experience. said earlier, it's not just the emotions. Every flight is different. Right. The people are different. And this flight is different too. Right. You know, that behind the scenes, things are happening in the nefesh Nefesh world that doesn't... You know, you don't see it as an olet on the flight. Right. And, you know, we put a wall there. Right. But this is a very, very um, fun and emotional uh, operation, not just for the Olim, but also for the Nefesh staff. Tony Gelbart, Rabbi Fass. Um, you know, the atmosphere in Israel is different in 2019 than in some of the years we just cited. It's different than 2002. It's different than 2014, clearly. Israel is just, there's a... There's an energy that's coming from that, and we discussed this Parsha Shlach time. There's an energy that's coming from that part of the world that now the entire world is starting to really feel, spiritually, technologically. Do you, living in Israel, feel it? I think we've talked about this a bunch, uh, many times. Just the centrality of the anchor of the Jewish community, I think, has shifted. It used to be very equal between diaspora, Jewry, and Israel, and it was a twin, almost, relationship. I think definitely the the prominence and and the strength of uh, of the Jewish stability, ironically, has shifted to Israel. It used and there's to be a lot of instability throughout the world. It used to be that the diaspora had to ensure the survivability of Israel. <laughs> now yeah. it's Israel has to, sur- to ensure the survivability of the Jewish diaspora. And that's on your the, point, Rabbi Fass, it used to be that Israel would look to the diaspora for stability. Right. <laughs> and now the diaspora is looking to Israel yeah. for right. stability, True. which is really remarkable. And those of us who are, and I think all three of us fall in the category, who've seen both existences as adults, right? We've all seen what we've described in this conversation as adults and you know and we've viewed it and experienced it it's really hard to believe the transformation has been absolutely remarkable um we'll talk a little bit about about i mean the statistics we know the 242 olim that are with us right now uh how do we tell people that there has never been an easier time to go through this process and i mean your process meaning nefesh benefesh and just the whole moving to Israel process, looking for a home, finding a community, getting the employment, every single area that you've supervised over 17 years with Tony has become easier for people to do. And I guess we just have to convince people that this is the case. You just did. (laughs) It's as simple as that. It's fact, it's fact, it's a different world. 2019 is a different world than 2002. Not only the Aliyah process is completely revolutionized, but the Jewish community in Israel is completely revolutionized. And it's making us adapt and adjust our post-Aliyah programming and interface with the Oleh. It used to be 
and Tony remembers this, a person we're making Aliyah, we would give him a cell phone, a bag, we would give him a, a buddy family in, in Israel, and, and there was like, without that interface of Nefesh providing that circle, they would be lost. Now they go on a block, they have 15 friends that they moved from Teaneck beforehand. Our interface has to be, is changing dramatically. It's not on the personal micro level, it's on the more ma macro national programming of not having programs for 20 people, of having programs for 2,000 people. We have an end of the summer event at Mini Israel. Right. We, have, we have 1,600 people right now registered for the event. And, and that's a different kind of programming because we don't have to do programming in Modi and in Beit Shemesh Shalim. Right. We do a little bit, but, but they're looking it's for that national program. community. Yeah. So that's change. Well, and, and, and the power of inertia is so strong that people don't adjust their plans and their dreams and their hopes with the reality. And that's sad. Uh, it, it, because it's easier. It's yep. easier to stay in your inertia state in your in your status quo without having to really reckon with the changes. As Rabbi Fass says this with his smirk to Nahum Siegel. There's no smirk. <laughs> no, of course not. He's too tired for smirk. <laughs> There's an audio smirk, though. <laughs> yes. I can tell you that much. Now, you and I have spoken many times about the frustration that more people don't do what you just said, that more people don't realize uh, that they, you know, how easy it is and therefore they should be moving to Israel, also on a spiritual level, a national level, etc. When the two of you started this, and I always ask you on this flight about those first couple of days, that first Shabbos that I love what you describe, you don't have to do it now. When you and Tony said to each other, you know, hey, is there a frustration when you know that 20, what's the figure, 20... Uh, 200, almost 2,300 Olim have uh, moved to Israel this summer. But you also know that so many thousands are still left behind. Is there a frustration or you're able to revel in the accomplishment of this? Wow, that's a great question. I'm speechless, but I have to tell you something. 2,300. Big number. In eight weeks. It, it, it's an amazing number. It really is yeah. an amazing number. But the idea is it's quality, not quantity. What I'm saying is that quality in the service that we deliver, if we have 2,300 people who are coming to Israel and they're going to be successful, success breeds success, they will bring another 2,300 and they will be successful. It's better to do it this way and be a little frustrated than bring 10,000 and, and not have the absorption that you're supposed to have. And as we were talking a few minutes ago, yeah. We changed as Nefesh Benefesh because the people have changed who are making Aliyah and the country has changed. You know, Jerusalem is great, Ranana is great, <laughs> Efrat is great, but now there's Beersheva, there's Nagolan, there's all kinds of communities that are coming up and they're not just the Anglo community. But then again, you make a fast forward and going to Jerusalem 19 years ago, making Aliyah is different than it is today. It's more modern, it's more technology-centered, it's so many amazing things are going on. So the dynamics are going to change. And I think, my personal opinion, is the numbers are going to dramatically increase over the next few years. That's always been, the two of you have shared that thought with us, uh, that you think this is just going to continue, because we always thought, what do you mean, there's an Aliyah pot of people and that pot is going to dry up at some point. Listen, we built a road, not for 2,300, but for 23,000, right. okay? The road is there. Sure. Now, you know, like Kvishesh in Israel, <laughs> right. you know, in the first times they had to open that road, few cars were going. 
Now it's a lot of cars going. So you know you're, the road. you're you're going to hit sixty thousand very soon. You know we, that we're hitting we, it we, on this floor. This yes. is it. This yes. is the sixty thousand floor. Yes. Welcome, Nachum. <laughs> yes. I wish I would have known that. I'm sitting here with a fifty. No, we're not releasing it now. <laughs> yes, but yes, we hit sixty thousand, and actually, yes. it's nice on our sixtieth flight to hit sixty thousand. That is pretty cool. Now I have to ask you a very sensitive. No, I want. I just want to add to what Tony said. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. What are you kidding? Other times, I would say that I'm frustrated about the numbers. But when you're on a flight and you're enjoying this uh, emotional journey of 242 Olim, you get a taste. You get a taste that in eight week period, eight weeks you can have 2300 Olim. Every week, just hundreds of people coming. You get a taste of, can you imagine that rhythm and momentum continuing throughout the year? So you have a taste of what it could be. And it gives you hope. You can't look at it and have Tony's predicting that it's gonna happen. Yeah. And it's gonna happen. Um, a sensitive topic. Maybe that's the wrong word, sensitive. Uh, we know Nefesh Nefesh started because of your relative who was killed by a terrorist. Correct. Last week, we all, and I, and I say we all because I believe that any caring Jew on this globe felt the collective pain of Devir Sorek's murder. And the way it, the way it happened, and uh, and the, and the family, and how we got to know the family through the funeral and the aftermath, etc. Uh, when something like that happens, how do you feel knowing that a very similar episode led to this? If you at JFK, I, I mentioned the sense of uh, Israel being described as a Yerusha as an inheritance. Correct. Which requires a collective sense of akaratatov of appreciation. And appreciation for generations, go back hundreds of years, of just their hope and their connection, their visceral hope and dreaming and prayers that brought us to this point. And then you go back to what the day-to-day -day Israel, the country itself, sacrifices to build and and it puts our aliyah and this flight's aliyah in perspective forget about having it connected to me personally it's just in a sense of that many individuals have given their lives and have physically literally figuratively to to allow these olim to come and have such an easier integration and, and it's on shoulders and on lives that, that have created this platform for individuals to move to Israel so seamlessly. And I would bet that that, that episode last week had an effect on every single person on this plane. There's no question 100%. about it. Yeah. Look. And I get calls from my, my family constantly, the family, uh, the family the of Rafali Lansgrohn, who was the impetus oh, for this. And, and, and this gives them so much chizuk. At, at moments that are so low for them, I get a phone call sometimes at 11.30 at night. And sometimes it wakes me up. I'm not sleeping at 11.30, but sometimes <laughs> they will call me and like, just tell us what's happening with Nefesh. They we want updates. We, we just need a pick, up, pick me up. For, so to understand that nothing is for nothing, Look. that there's purpose in God's plan, it, it puts things into perspective. Tony? Whether it's Naftali or Dvir, or someone I know named Noam, I think from this darkness comes light, you know? And it's always the case. 
in the darkest periods of the Jewish people, light comes after. You got it. Tony, you need to help me with this next segment for a second. Uh-oh. And I'll tell you why, and I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, in an interview I saw, uh, excuse me, wrong piece of paper. In an interview I saw recently, so somebody was asked about, well, they were asked the following. Uh, according to Rav Avinair, um, according to, I believe, uh, wrong one again. Hang on. Give me a second, everybody. Hang on. We're going to get to the right one. <laughs> you like the way I'm prepared, huh? Boy, oh boy. Here we go. Okay. I think I know you're talking According about. to Rav Avinair, they asked him the following question. If all diaspora rabbis would come on Aliyah, there'd be no Torah studied outside of Israel. So he answers, I once attended an RCA conference. I was in America. And they invited me to be an observer. And Rav Herschel Schechter, everybody in this conversation respects him tremendously, of course, gave a class on whether it's preferable to make Aliyah or be a community rabbi. After a long shear, he concluded that it's preferable to make Aliyah. And at the end, he humbly said, quote, I don't know what I'm doing here. I innocently noted, the author writes, I innocently noted, if Harav, meaning Rav Shechter, abandons his community, the one of a rabbi. He said to me that for every rabbi in America, there's a line of rabbis <laughs> waiting to take his place. And the reason I say this, and we have, believe me, with tremendous gratitude and unbelievable admiration, we have spoken about your role and all the things you do with the machinations of Nefesh for Nefesh and how you've gotten it to this point. But I would argue that you found the right partner because... There are so many, unfortunately, in the American rabbinate not ready to make this move that Rav Schechter suggests and not ready to lead in this area of Jewish life. But this man who sits between us, I think he's been a leader in that area. So I just wanted you to help me comment on that, if you don't mind. Look, I, I have to tell you something. Um, I know this man between us for a <laughs> long time. I just don't know him, but I know him a, a, as a person and... Uh, I don't know. I think we speak ten times a day. Still goes on. Oh huh? yeah, it still oh, it's, happens. It's, it's, it's sick and you don't get enough I, of it. I, I, not I should, healthy. I should have, I should have not bought, a healthy relationship. I should have bought stock in AT and T. Seventeen those, years. You know, it's like if anybody could ever put that together, it's it, it would, would be, be remarkable. And nobody, it's like no, three years bill, of continuous like, speaking. Nobody would believe it. But no, it's it's remarkable the things that he's done because you know leaders I'm very uncomfortable with this conversation no, 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 this, this is a message to the American yeah. rabbinate yeah. right now this is a message to take one of the most important topics in the history of the Jewish people and lead with it well, Tony it's about this it's about the discussion right. is what you're going to talk about Correct. it's about the discussion this guy's a leader and he's leading the way okay it's very simple he got up one day and said look I have a reason to go and I'm going to go so it's one thing to talk about, it's one thing to do it. And all these um, beautiful, smart, intelligent um, uh, rabbis in all the denom denominations across, they have to talk about Aliyah. Yep. They have to talk about Israel. Yep. Bottom line. Yep. I, I know I'm being told that we have to end this conversation, but this is almost impossible. One last thing, one last thing. 17 years means it's almost 20 years, and that means generation. You realize you're getting to the point where in history this will be now called the Nefesh Benefesh generation? That when we talk about Israel and its development from its year 55, let's say, to 75, it will be known as the Nefesh Benefesh generation. We have kids, kids from the first few years of flights who have married and have children. That's unbelievable. So we have, we have Nefesh grandchildren. It's unbelievable. Which is when we're walking and we walk, when you walk in the streets of Israel, 
I mean, we talk about this often. If you have 60,000 people then, uh, who made Aliyah through us, then one e out of every 100 people in Israel is an FSO lift. So that when you're walking through the streets and you meet people and say, hey, I was on 2003 and this is my kid. And you're like, what? The biggest joy for me is not seeing the politicians greeting the plane. <laughs> it's five years later, six years, somebody oh. saying to me, Mr. Galbar, look, this is my grandson. Isn't it? And how about this? Here's a picture when he came here and now he's an officer. Oh. Here's a picture and yeah. he's got two kids. Oh. Here's his wife and his children. That is saving generations oh. of Jews, saving them. And building more generations of Jews. All right. We, we've counted all of the Sabras that have been born, right. and now we have to start a new log of the grandchildren. Unbelievable. Which is amazing. I thank, I thank both of you. Thank I you. bless both of you. Thank you for making us part of this, and we will try to continue to disseminate this incredible message as the textbook soon will be referring to it as the Nefesh, <laughs> ben Nefesh generation. Oh, wow. Wait, wait, you think you're getting off the hook right now? This is when we put you I on. I know, but yeah. do, you know that no, my, I'm sorry. do you know that my producer's not happy right now? Miriam, <laughs> are you upset that we're taking your seat? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing, nothing to do with the seat. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Let's talk about leadership for a second. Let's talk about individuals who articulate a message of truth. Let's talk about individuals who courageously buck the system. And uh, I don't think we can do what we do without having support. It's sometimes a lonely journey, uh, even 17 years later, and to have a... Uh, well, I all have a... Ah, I no, I had to sit through your thing. I'm going <laughs> to sit... You're going to sit through mine. No, to have a friend, a real true friend in you, and to have a person who understands our values and is able to articulate them to not only to the tzibor, to the general public, but also to transmit a message to rabbinic leaders and communal leaders has been an invaluable, invaluable um, asset and um, a privilege to work with you for all these years. I, I can't thank you. No, I, always, I, I sometimes say to myself, is it possible? Is it possible that the two of them think of me as a slight, slight minor third partner in this? Is it possible that sometimes they think they're not just walking this alone, but that I'm a little bit to their side helping them out? And if yes, if it's even a drop, then you have no idea what kind of split it is for me. Look, let me tell you something. I'm not known as a very tall person, <laughs> and I don't think you're known as a very short person. Amen. But when you walk through the door, wherever you are, and I see you, I see you as a part of Nefesh Menefesh. Thank you I see very you much. as somebody who has really been there in the darkest days. Thank and you. when the Intifada was on and there was only one guy in the hotel room or the hotel lobby or the, this lobby or wherever we were, and you're sitting there doing it. Like you just said, you were on that flight when yep. we had the Hazakas, yep. you know, we had yep. the, you were on that flight. Not many people can say that. That's and true. you were there, and you could have easily balked out. You could have said, you know, I can't come this time. <laughs> I just can't do it. It's a, you know, There's I'm too busy. There's always a good excuse. <laughs> I'm too busy. But look, look what you're doing now. Look what you're doing right now, this second, on this plane. You're doing Baruch what Hashem. you're doing, and you're bringing the message out. Aliyah is not a dirty word. That's, that's exactly the opposite, exactly the opposite. It's one of the most glorious words we have. And we've met some incredible heroes on this show today. Just this incredible flight, heroes. This flight is amazing. It is an amazing flight. Really? Every single one is, every single Ole is just so, so uniquely special. It's really beautiful to walk through this plane. I mean, the stories are just overwhelming. And if you can somehow transmit and share with your listeners just the t-shirt competition. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> I have to give a little bit of a context. Yes. 
please just do. Well, share the context. Every it, single year, it's a few families create their Aliyah t-shirts, and they uh, the whole family wears them. And now extended families that come to escort people, them to the plane. Did you we see have, that? The family, did like 50 that? people with t-shirts. Wait a minute. The I saw 50 people with the same shirt. I'm like, one person's making Aliyah. <laughs> It's what good. a nerve they have. No, but, but everyone up their great game. Pride. Now yeah. it's a competition. I got a hint for the next one. The next family goes, he's going now is on the front, and on the back, we're next. Oh, I like that Don't share it. They're going to steal oh, it. Okay. I like that a lot. No, there's a fierce competition yeah. of T-shirting going on here. <laughs> right? We're like 15. We should do, you know what, Tony? Yeah. Next flight, we put a it out there. T-shirt contest. Yeah, contest. 100%. Absolutely. And we give... And post them all. Oh, my give God. Give a family, like, a free dinner. That's or a refrigerator. Idea. Post them all. Refrigerator. Or a car. <laughs> <laughs> and, we'll add, we'll add what we could do is offer them an interview on JMBA. That might be the greatest prize of them all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> all right. So, uh, there's a... <laughs> falafel and shook is a good thing, too. That's also a good thing. Well, I thank you both. Thank you. And Miriam, Marcel, are we I'm done? Oh, you, we have three more minutes because yes. we took it. Oh, let's talk about something else. All of a sudden, we have three I more minutes. What just happened? Two slots. I can't believe this. This what is fantastic. So you plowed through someone else's guest appearance here, basically. That's yes. what it sounds oh, like, at least. Wow. And now we're on to the next thing. Now you're making so we are now, bad. we are now, uh, as we have Wi-Fi right now on the plane, so we are feverishly communicating with our staff back at home because we are landing an hour early. Right. And now an hour early, you would think that's fantastic. LL, under an hour early, yeah, let's party. But that does not bode well for us because guests are coming at an ungodly hour, and uh, VIPs are coming, and soldiers are coming, and staff that's coming, and just we will wait and see what awaits us. And are you dealing with this on the flight? Right or at now. this moment, there's nothing to deal with? We have dealt with it until, until the we moment you sat, sat, sat here, here. And we will continue when we oh, go so back to you will to continue seat. to deal with it. Yeah. No wonder you want to yes. sit here. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to avoid my phone. Instead of dealing with that uh, Tony's stuff, back on his phone. That's it. You lost Do him. both of you know that there's a uh, Jewish sports legend on this flight? Are both of you aware of that? That there's a Jewish sports legend on this flight? Tony Gilbert, you heard. Oh, is Tony actually yeah. a Jewish sports legend? Uh, David Kufeld is going to join me next. He's right there behind yes. you and he's on this flight how could you miss him this this is one of the i mean he'll he'll does he'll, he tower over you he does and oh there's a how is that possible and there's a photo to prove it and believe me it's caused beef between me and kufeld i can tell you that much but the truth is he never believes that i think that i absolutely adore my encounters with him i had the pleasure of inducting him in the Yeshiva university athletic hall of fame which is one of the greatest honors of my life oh, wow. couldn't believe he and his wife asked me and now i get to be with him in this conversation uh, upcoming on the flight. And you've had a lot of prominent people over the years. You've had a lot of very distinguished members of the community sure. on these flights, heading to Israel, each one of them with great stories, and uh, you've had the privilege of leading all of them. So I thank you. And thank you're you. bringing those stories. Yep. We try our best. The There's so many great ones. We have just thank you. Thank we've you spoken to so many great. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Rabbi Fass. Enjoy we the rest of the flight. We should share right. many smachot together. Amen. Can you hear it? Amen. Amen. Awesome. And thank care. you, Tony. Okay. You're the best. Right, thank you, Rabbi Fast. You know, as, as if I won't we see you in another dearly. five minutes from <laughs> well, now. Okay. But I'm getting emotional <laughs> <laughs> separating from you guys. We're, we're only a few. I'm four rows ahead of you. I want to be your third partner, I told you. Come on. <laughs> thank you very much. Amazing. Absolutely amazing, I'll tell you. Ah. Uh, a song? We go to a song first. 
as my brilliant producer continues to produce the show at America's one and only. We're only 14 minutes late for the ID. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app.
JM in the AM. Not only is he a Jewish sports legend, but for those of you who have a really, really good long-term memory, and I mean a really good long-term memory, he is the uh, person who hosted what eventually became JM in the AM after I got to WFMU. He hosted the morning show for quite a while back in the, let me get this right, early 1980s. And his name is, of course, David Kufeld. What an honor to, uh, it's, first of all, it's an honor to have you on the air. I always tell you that. But what a unique opportunity for us to be together on this flight as you make Aliyah Mazal Tov to you. Thank you so much. Has it been amazing so far? Is uh, it surreal? Sure. Is it reality hitting? What, what, how would you describe it? Uh, it's a slow reality. If, if I really think about the monumentality of what's going on, I, I wouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> I agree with you. I think a lot of people would say that it would leave them speechless. Now, this is not the first time I would bet, just based on your history, that you entertained the idea of being in Israel permanently. Am I right about that? There must have been a time when you were playing ball. And, am oh, I right? that for you, sure. You always sure. entertain the fact. Um, yeah. Well, after I uh, came back to the States after initially playing in Israel, the fire was not quenched, was not uh, extinguished, and... Uh, a couple of years into our marriage, uh, Suri and I, we had very uh, serious plans of, of coming back. I had actually, I had to have the pretense of looking for a real job, but I really, <laughs> right. but I really wanted to play more ball. And I, uh, we went on a pilot trip. We went through uh, the paces at that time uh, through the Sochna, through the Jewish agency. Um, it just didn't work out, and it's, it's been a void in our hearts. Everything uh, at the right time, huh? And yeah. your daughters made Aliyah both officially, correct? Am I right about that? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. they're already there. Uh, they're waiting for you. going to be in the same neighborhood as they are? Uh, uh, very close. Very close by? Uh, we're speaking with David Kufeld. In addition to the radio thing, in addition to a, a, being a name that's familiar to, I remind you, he is arguably, and you know I have to say arguably, because I don't want to get Irv and all the 2019 players upset. I'll say arguably the greatest player in the history of Yeshiva University basketball. Is that being fair, David, or, or, or should I get rid of the arguably? <laughs> I have the best press. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, including Sports Illustrated, including being drafted by the Portland Trailblazers, there's no doubt that you're number one when it comes to that. But hey, I gotta, you know, I gotta be careful. I gotta be careful what I say. You know, there are some great uh, present-day players. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. And and when it comes to Irv's generation, we also had a nice collection of of Hall of Famers as well. Undoubtedly, yeah. it was a whole different era. He was at a whole different level than right, uh, a different style of play and the whole thing. Sure. Uh, it was one of the greatest honors for me to induct you and to be asked by you in Surrey to induct you in the Yeshiva University Athletic Hall of Fame. I think you saw uh, that I painstakingly tried to prepare every word to convey what it was like growing up being a fan of David Kufeld and appreciating his representing the Jewish people uh, on the YU floor and, and through all the press, etc. And you said to me jokingly, as I saw you uh, in Kennedy Airport, what for most listeners now would be yesterday, you said to me jokingly that the Sochnut, the Jewish agency, would not allow you to make Aliyah until you were officially a Hall of Fame member. Now, I know you meant it as a joke, but you want to know something? It is a nice cherry on top to your career, having done that before moving to Israel. Oh, for sure. The same year, it's uh, two amazing highlights so close together. It's really amazing and remarkable. Um, 
The responsibility of one representing the Jewish people, it's something I discuss with the present day players. It's something that I think applies to arenas other than sports. You know what it's like to be in the business world. You've spent a couple of decades there. Obviously, you know what it's like to represent the Jewish people on the court. What could you say to people who go through their day-to-day -day life and don't always realize that they are representing the Jewish people in the arenas that they're in? I think they're missing out on uh, something we should all be very cognizant of. I think, first of all, we have to be aware that uh, we are under God's watch, Hashem's watch, and uh, that certainly should uh, dictate how we behave. And um, But we all have that ability to sanctify His name, to, to be a PR representative for God, for the Jewish people. And um, it's a blessing when you can make that positive statement. It right. doesn't always happen, but uh, um, that has to be on everyone's mind. Because we're only here for a short time, and we need to make the most of it. Boy, you put things in perspective. David Kufeld's here. What do you think of the Nefesh Benefesh process? Uh, incredible, easy. Um, in the last couple of days, I, I watched, for example, a, a documentary about the Exodus. And uh, to think how easy we have it today compared to what people were willing to do, whether it was the Exodus, whether it's Ethiopians schlepping through the desert and, and sacrificing, and Russians having been uh, um, uh, imprisoned for their, for, for their Zionism. Um, it, it's just beyond belief how, how this is available to us on a silver platter. Every Jew should be taking advantage of it. And, um, of course, you have to take, there's some administrative issues you have yeah. to take care of, but that's fine. Things have to be done responsibly, we get that. You know, I, I've told this story before on the air that there was a gentleman, a, I'll call him an exchange student, I don't even think that that sufficiently describes the situation he was in, but he was a student from Addis Ababa. And he came to the United States, to the New York area, and he ended up at my Shabbos table for a meal. And I said to him, tell me about your adjustment to the United States. He said, my adjustment was very simple. I came here and realized that all of you, if you wanted to, could move to Israel. Do you know that my parents are doing everything in their power and at times walking for miles and miles to get to speak to the right people in order to realize this dream? And you, I come in, and I'm like, wow, glad I asked that question. <laughs> that, that didn't go as well as I thought it might. <laughs> but he had an appreciation for it that we sometimes don't get. Yeah, I think a little guilt once in a while <laughs> helps move the needle. That's for sure. I also read the story about uh, someone from Ethiopia who's now living in Israel who said that they are the only ones who can really mourn the destruction of the Beit You saw that? The destruction yeah. of Beit because yeah. they never knew that the Second Temple was in fact destroyed. They went to sleep at night with stories from their parents about what the Second Temple is like and what it would be like to get to Israel and see it and experience it. And that's, yeah. I guess, just another guilt point, huh? Well, <laughs> it's appropriate to talk about it during this right. week where, where we've just come sure. out of. Uh, any sports plans for you in Israel or uh, you're in full retirement at this point? Um, can we take in an Apollo Yerushalayim, Apollo Tel Aviv game together? Can we, can we make that commitment like I wrote on your Facebook uh, post? For sure. For at sure. some point, go and cr start criticizing Israeli basketball. <laughs> because you know it is a little bit of a different style, right? Very different style. <laughs>
Well, uh, when I played, uh, the international rules were vastly different than uh, the states. The referee really didn't touch the ball. It was like a track meet. Uh, he'd make a whistle, may make a call, signal what direction the ball should go, who, you know, which team would have it, and you ran like uh, like nuts uh, to the sidelines. To it run. sounds like a soccer type of uh, very much so, yeah. or team handball. Right. Uh, it's a little. A little, little more similar these days. Because when I played intramurals in the early 80s in Israel, I would always describe playing with the Israelis as run and shoot, run and shoot, and there was no other way to describe the game. No, for sure. I, I was never in as good a shape. <laughs> right. It's your own little basic training, playing with the Israelis. And they don't know how to pass. At least in that era, they didn't know how to pass. Well, anyway, I hope we, I hope we can make that the next step in our relationship come true, and we'll sit at a game together in Israel at some point. And I do remind you that uh, that we're doing this now for 36 years, but you had a big role in planting the seeds for it, and I'm very glad you did, frankly. Oh, me too. That's I still uh, remember the first day of you training me on the board in East Orange, New Jersey. <laughs> we had to get in early. We had to turn oh, on the transmitters. Yes. The, uh, oh, yes. The big tubes. It wasn't as easy as people think. <laughs> no. certainly wasn't easy to remember all the steps, that's for sure. David Kufeld, mazal tov to you. Thank you so much. We will see you at some point in Aritz, and I can't wait to reunite in the Holy Land. Me Thank too. you, sir. The Thank legend you. himself, Dave Kufeld, everybody. Arguably the greatest player in the history of Yeshiva University basketball, and certainly a tremendous hero to people like myself and others who grew up rooting for him and admiring the fact that he was able to represent the Jewish people as well as he did. More coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. It is a Wednesday morning, and believe it or not, we're on a plane. We're on a flight to Israel with Nefesh Benefesh, charter flight with hundreds of Olim, a lot of amazing people. I do remind you that our friends of the Brooklyn Cyclones are home this coming Sunday night starting at 4 p.m. Great family entertainment. Check out the Cyclones at MCU Park in Brooklyn, New York. It is brooklyncyclones.com. Again, brooklyncyclones.com. Reminder right after J.M. and the A.M., Bite Size Encore hosted by Yoni Pollock. And then live lunch with Avrami, but today's going to be a little bit different since Avrami just made Aliyah or is in the midst of making Aliyah on this plane, believe it or not. If you heard our earlier conversation, you know what I mean. Uh, so you'll have plenty of music. I don't think you'll actually hear Avrami's voice on today's live lunch. We have a couple of Jewish heroes sitting to my right. One is named Max Kunin. Max, welcome to JM in the AM. Appreciate it. One is named Josh Schwartz. Josh, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Are you both aware of the fact that you are Jewish heroes? Has this, uh, has this, uh, has this moniker been given to you earlier than today? That's what that's what people have been telling us since we uh, since we got on the plane. I think. Oh, so it was not earlier than today. Just on this flight, or at Kennedy Airport, and then this flight, people have been using have been using that title for you. Well, yeah, I think you know. I think it's obvious to you why we consider you Jewish. Are you both from Maryland, by the way? We are both from Maryland. Uh, we grew up in different towns, though, but we both uh, graduated from University You're of Maryland. You're both Terps? Yes, sir. Holy cow. What a great place. I hear there's a wonderful Jewish presence on campus there. Yeah, one of the largest Jewish uh, campuses for public schools in the country. And, um, and... As, you, uh, as you've gone through this experience, I'm assuming you're just out of college, or am I making an assumption? So I just graduated this May. Uh, Max actually graduated the year before me, went on and did a gap year in Israel, so linking back up now. As you've gone through this experience, are there a lot of colleagues in Maryland going this route, or very few? Um, I mean, University of Maryland, with the big Jewish campus, I think more than other places, you get the streamline a little bit. But um, actually, a bunch of guys that we know who went to University of Maryland and graduated from U University of Maryland also uh, became lone soldiers. So it's something that's pretty cool for our uh, little community that we, that we have. Now, you're both in your early 20s, I assume. Yes, sir. And if you've grown up in the United States that I know, you've had very limited experiences that would resemble what lone soldiers go through in Israel. Would that be accurate? Uh, I would say so. Okay, <laughs> including your summers, right? Your summers have not been spent in Israel on some army base. They've been spent in regular camp or, or joyful atmospheres, I would guess. Yes, sir. And, and, and yet, you decided to go this route. We always ask why. What is it that's so attractive, especially those of us who've read about what army life is like, basic training and then the entire experience? What is it that's so attractive that now it's going to be the main focus of your career? Um... I mean, when you go through life, uh, I think you have to look at it and, and think, what, what mark am I going to leave? What input am I going to have? Because we only got a set amount of time here, and you got to do something with it. Uh, and I look at the values I was brought up with. Uh, service, first of all. My mom's a nurse practitioner. My father was very active in the community, giving back. So that was that was at the forefront. And then, of course, Zionism, going to a Zionist Jewish day school, Beth the Phila. Um, 
you know, as I grew older and start to think more critically about my life, I realized uh, working and making a living and starting a family were all great, but they were out there for years to come. And uh, the youth, the youth of our lives is fleeting. And uh, I wanted to know what I wanted to do with it. And I looked back at my values at home, what I was raised with, and I was raised to give back and uh, raised with the importance of the Jewish homeland. And we're the unique generation that was born with the state of Israel. Right. You know, we're the beneficiaries of our grandparents and great grandparents who did what they could in their time. So when I looked at my life, it was very simple. What can I do in my time? I can go join. I can go uh, defend the state of Israel. What greater honor do I have? It's a privilege. What you didn't major in philosophy, did you? <laughs> no, not quite. Because <laughs> it sounds like you're very philosophical about this. And we also have learned that we can blame your parents for all of this. If they complain, you could you could tell them, "Hey, come on! You gave me this type of education, this type of atmosphere. I'm going to go to Israel and serve." Exactly. And I'll go out on a limb and speak on behalf of my parents, which is a bold thing to do. But uh, I've heard both my parents say, you know, what, what more could they ask for to raise their children with certain values and then go out and live them? You know, you don't raise your kids like, we want you to be Jewish, but uh, we'll stop at a certain point. No, they, they raise us with these values, and I know that they couldn't be more proud of us. Josh Schwartz, Max Kunin. Max, do you agree with everything Josh said? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he said it well, I must say. And your parents, did they react positively to all of this? So, yeah, for me, what I've been saying, first of all, my parents are so proud of me, so proud. Um, but something for me is that I don't have any family that's in Israel. So when I told them about this um, at first, it was something that they said that they didn't envision for me when I was younger. But now that I am going through the process and super committed to it and uh, looking at it, more thoroughly and and going through with it, it they're just they're so proud and they're and they're so happy for me i have their their support well 100%. i frankly am starting to worry about you now with no <laughs> relatives in israel can i tell my siblings there to take you in once in a while please do i i've been telling everyone who says that i'll take whatever i can get so absolutely <laughs> I, do you even know where you're going to be based or where like do you have any idea geographically where this adventure is going to lead so i actually lived in israel last year i was an english teacher in netanya at a uh, secular public school so that was really awesome and so the teachers have been taking care of me there, um, and oh, I, have some, nice. I have some friends also, but I'm living in, uh, I'm personally based in Kibbutz Kisufim, that's where my Gurion is, so um, that'll be awesome, I'm looking forward to, to the Kibbutz life. We are familiar with Kisufim, um, and, and what is it like day one? being the American English teacher in an Israeli school. Oh my goodness. I <laughs> I really I really really wish that I could uh I'd love paint to see a, a picture, video. <laughs> but it's it's absolutely crazy. I mean, the the energy in the school is so much different. Um, it's way less formal than a US school, so they call you by your first name. They argue with you when you try to tell them something. <laughs> really? Personally, personally, I didn't know uh, any Hebrew when I went there. So my first two or three months was just kind of crazy, but as I uh, learned more, I, I taught them as much as they taught me. So I'm, I'm thankful for the kids. I, I love the kids. It was great. Unbelievable. Uh, Josh, what's the schedule? What happens now? It's now August. When do you find yourself where as a lone soldier? So Max and I are on similar tracks. I'll be up north on Kibbutz Lavi. Oh, uh, wow. We love that place. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so... Uh, although we'll be on different kibbutzim, we're both with Gary and Sabar, so on similar tracks, and that uh, we'll be, God willing, moving up and out to our kibbutzim on Thursday, uh, starting our parakaklita, our absorption period, where we'll, uh, in uh, the beginning of September, get uh, go up to our Savrishon, go to the uh, army office, uh, get added to the system, start going through our medical examinations, uh, and then the, the upcoming 
big draft for soldiers will be in November. So wow. all of us uh, Garin Sabarniks coming are planning on going through the process, whether it be tryouts for combat units or different placement tests for various uh, other jobs in the Army. We're planning to go through that in September, October, and November time, swear in and begin our service. Have your parents indicated if they're going to join you in Israel in November? You don't know yet. Oh, gosh, you can't bring that up. That's all really? they've been asking for. Oh, good. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, they'd love to come as soon as possible. I told them, just let me get my, uh, well, my I'm feet talking, I'm talking about the ceremony. That's what I'm referring right. to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that would be where you really want them, right? That would be wonderful, yes. yes. By the way, this audience we have, do you know these people? They are our new family, our new Green Sabar more, family. More lone soldiers, <laughs> huh? Exactly. More lone well, soldiers. welcome to you guys, Kolak Kavod, and you as well are heroes of the Jewish people, just like these guys. <laughs> we were just lucky enough to have them on the air. Uh, we thank Max Kunin and Josh Schwartz. They are representing, if I have the figure correct, I think 41 lone soldiers on the flight. I think wow. it's 41, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, we always ask ourselves what makes an American Jewish kid want to go this route. What well, makes a kid from your guys' backgrounds, and I think your parents, the schools, your communities, and your synagogues are the ones to blame. Uh, they have gone ahead and they've instilled in you an amazing level of Zionism, an incredible desire to make a commitment and carry that through that commitment for the Jewish people, and we admire you for that. So, heroes, enjoy the rest of the flight. Thank you very much. It was nice speaking with you. A pleasure. Max Appreciate and it. Josh, everybody, just two of the lone soldiers who are representing a large group of lone soldiers on this Nefesh Benefesh's 60th charter flight to Israel over the last 17 years. And you're listening to JM in the AM. Oh, 
J.M. in the A.M. with Naomi Shemer, of course. Al-Kolela, how could we have a Nefesh Benefesh charter fly without that Israeli classic here at J.M. in the A.M.? Well, Mark Kornblatt is with us here in our mobile studio at the front of this flight to Israel. Mark is from Wisconsin, and I'm told that he brought, not just told, I actually saw it, he produced his own video series about his Aliyah. And uh, here he is with us on the flight, Mark Kornblatt. Welcome to J.M. in the A.M. Thank you, sir. Where Pleasure. are you from in Wisconsin? I'm from Madison, Habira. Oh, we've heard of Madison. Yeah. But just for the record, I'm a Jersey boy originally. Where from? Grew up uh, exit 131 on the parkway. Oh, so you're basically in the, uh, you, let's see, you're in. You're Come on, if you're Jersey. You're, you're, just no, you're just north of the New Brunswick area. Exactly. My mother was born in New Brunswick. Yeah. My dad in so the I was touching. I was born at 145. Oh, yeah. You're I'm an Irvington Ar Ar boy. Right. I lived in the Oranges and I was born in Irvington. Yeah, so I grew so. up in Metuchen, Edison. <laughs> we paid our taxes to Edison, but I felt like Metuchen, I guess, is, you know, it's a small... I know Metuchen, you know. sure. But, uh, so how long were you in Wisconsin? Actually, I've lived in Wisconsin longer than uh, anywhere else. And I Madison, in what line of work? My wife was a professor at the university, and then she was a dean in the graduate school. Nice. I followed her. I was a, I was a New York actor turned journalist. I was in grad school at NYU when I met my wife, who was finishing up her doctorate at Columbia. Mm. So she had the bigger Parnassa. Got it. And I followed her. We went to Indiana for a year, the year they won the NCAA against Syracuse. Oh, that year, much later. Yeah, Keith yeah. Smart. Right. Yeah. And um, we were there for a year because she had one year. I had a position teaching English composition at DePaul. Which was which is in Wisconsin, folks. If you're not a sports fan, that's in in that's in Indiana. Oh, it's Indiana. DePaul, Greencastle. <laughs> I'm trying Indiana. to be a big shot. It's Indiana, you're right? You know, you're trying, but which is then, the one? Is it which is the one? The the a former independent Wisconsin Marquette. Was uh, it Marquette? Yeah. Marquette's Mar in Wisconsin. That's in I knew one of the independents. That's was there. in Milwaukee, Rumble. where Golden Meyer came from. Right. That's correct. And then we went to uh, Wisconsin. She got there for a year, but they they hired her, and I went as a journalist to work for the Department of Natural Resources. And I was writing children's books at the time because that was an art background. Interesting. And then uh, I said, you know, in my 40s, the way Rabbi Akiva went back to, uh, to school with the children, in my 40s I went back for another degree in ed to get education because we were in Israel for half a year. She had a Shabbaton. She was doing research in Jerusalem and around. And I came back. I said, I want to start a Hebrew day school, which is how I started my training in Prothamboy, New Jersey, Hill Academy. And there wasn't the demographic in Madison. Not enough Jews who wanted to. The schools were good enough. They didn't want to, you know, right. they didn't want to go out. But I said, you know, this is something for me because I took a graduate course in education. I said, I'm going to go back. So I ended up being a public school teacher 
in elementary school. Now, where you filmed the videos, or at least the one that I saw, that was near your home? Depends which one. I've done 19 of Because I saw up. one where it was looked really snowy, like it was many, many feet of snow okay, in that's, Madison. That's the first one. Ah, that was the very first. That I was saw. in February, and that was filmed on Monona Bay. There are It's the, it's a land of, of lakes. Right. Actually, the Hebrew school, I wanted to call it Agamayim, if you know the source, from a land of rock that became... Uh, and and it attracts a lot of snow during the summer, during well, the winter. Uh, some day, some years more than others, <laughs> it was a fairly snowy one. And I went out on the water. I'm, I was a, a crew right. of one, so I'm, I'm doing it from... And if someone would up. see your series, it's describing what this whole journey is like? Tongue-in-cheek the way I'm talking right. to you, but at the bottom of it, there's truth. So each episode is about something else. The first one is on the lake. The second one, um, and that's just an intro a minute and that's just saying I'm going to do this series and I talked about this event I don't usually like the tech test. I don't like the big event things but when I found out that all these things are going to happen I said we're changing our date we were going to go like in November and you wanted specifically to be on the charter flight well, I thought it'll make great video I mean what I've been doing so far I've had a great experience in the, in the airport look even though it was all cliches and everything it got to my wife. And of me. course. How Come could on. it not? Eat, no matter where you are religiously, no matter where you are politically, at the end of the day, I'm going to ble bleed blue and white just like you. Future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. Mark Kornblatt is with us from Wisconsin. Where are you going to be living in Israel? We're really lucky. We were able to buy a tiny apartment about a half the size of what we have now, or maybe close between a third and a half, but right in the Merkaz, right but right between King George and Chernochovsky, it's called um, Project Betzalel. Used to be a shuk for falafel. Now it's a shmata shuk. And uh, those days are, are numbered. But we're right behind Hanasih Katan, where I showed some of my films when we were there. We were there for a year, two years ago, which is when we decided to make Aliyah. All right, so what city are we talking about? Tel Aviv. Oh, so I'm saying to myself, this is not Jerusalem's King George. Tel Aviv, I'm saying to myself, Tel we're talking Aviv, about Tel Aviv. It's a good place, Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv that's for sure. Well, for, for someone like me, we were more Dati when we did the Shabbaton years ago. I've kind of lapsed, hoping to revive and find a Beit Tefillah. Beit Tefillah is different than Beit Knesset, because in Israel, you don't need a Beit Knesset. The whole world is a Knesset there. Nice. You need a Beit Tefillah. I like so that. So it's right behind Nasikha Gatan. Uh, uh, you know, three three minutes from Bialik Street. Anyone who knows Tel Aviv knows exactly what I'm talking about. The um, and, and your wife being an academic and I assume a PhD at this point, based on what you discussed, it, does she have a job lined up in well, Israel? It's interesting. One of the answers to why we're making Aliyah. Um, so I followed her. She was an academic. She published different books on the Cossacks, and then she went to uh, uh, Russian philosophy and religious philosophy. Um, but at certain point, after 25 years at the university, she retired early and went back to school like I had, and she became a nurse. Uh -huh. So she was doing hospice, and then we left. I had retired from the classroom, was doing film full-time. Our children had both made Aliyah, and we decided we're going to spend a year with them. This is 2016-17, which is the 50th anniversary of the Six-Day War. Our daughter was going to graduate school. We didn't know where. So some of my fondest memories of a couple of years ago is sitting in all the different Bate Cafe and helping her with her essays to apply. She had got into Berkeley, that's where she is. But our son is still there in Tel Aviv. And after so many visits, and again, we lived there for half a year. During this one year, we decided we're, we're going to do it. 
It's such a great idea for families to commit a certain number of months or years to going to Israel and helping the family connect and establish a real connection with the land. It's just incredible. So will she be working as a nurse in Israel? You know what? We're, we're, it's harder for me to like take time, Savla Nude and all that. I, I'll, I have already a, a documentary and I'll be editing that I filmed in Wisconsin before we left. And I will continue this. It depends on how well this series does. I'd like to do one a week. I wasn't doing as many over since February. I had done only 19. But I can do anything and just justify it. Well, this is what an OLED is doing right now. <laughs> right. Even though I'm not going to be doing what a typical OLED is. But I'm curious if she's going to be a nurse. She, you know, you have to get recertified. Ah, right. Language. Now, she whole... speaks Russian, so she has a lot of... In- hey, she's, the whole procedure. She's not sure. Understood. But, but we th- we would lo- we're not going to retire. You'll be working. We are going, we won't be full-time. We're going to make a contribution to the country as ever we can. So she may be a nurse. She may be something else. She's got a lot of skills. Mark Kornblatt's with us. Finally, what did the people in Madison say when you said you wanted to move to Israel? You're what? <laughs> they were a little surprised. Well, we have Israeli It's friends. different than Teaneck when They'll people say, say it in Teaneck, New Jersey? Um, a little there different. are a couple. You know, we have Israelis that we're friends of. Kolakavod. Um, I'm a little jealous. I'd like to do it myself. You know, we have a, we have two different sets of friends who are making or have made Aliyah. We have friends who are there now. I was the bar mitzvah teacher of their children, bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah. So we had a couple who have made it, but for the most part, people, are, they're impressed. They're admiring. They're saying, you know, you two are, this is the kind of stuff you would do. So it is Yotzem in a klal, but it's... It doesn't seem so strange to them. That's for sure. Well, that's great. Uh, You're starting a new life, and it sounds like you're ready for it. Mark Kornblatt, a pleasure meeting you, and thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see what happens. We certainly will. We We wish you the best of luck. I wish you a big mazal tov. Thank you for your time. A pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. And mazal tov. It's another amazing adventure of somebody who is not only making aliyah, but making aliyah literally as we speak right here on the plane as we continue at JM in the AM. Bashana, Bashana, Abba. 
Always have to get the classics on when we join Nefesh Ben Nefesh for one of their adventures, one of their incredible charter flights to Israel, and that is, of course, a classic. Miriam Al Wallach is back as we. Am I also a classic? Cl- I don't know. Are you considered a classic at this I don't point? Know. I mean, you know, this Yafa Yarkoni song is about sixty years old, so at least it actually may be more. So I don't know if you're. Actually Do you see the look I'm giving you? <laughs> I don't right know now? if you're in that category. <laughs> Um, well, this has been... First of all, I have to thank you. And, of course, we have to thank our staff, Avrami, Yoni, and ZK. And, Avrami uh, working the flight. Avrami working <laughs> on the flight, which is unbelievable. Of course, to Tani. Thank yes, you, Tani, Tani Kramer. Kramer. Thank Woo! you, Tani Kramer. Tani Kramer. Without Tani, it would be impossible to do this. That is correct. Under these circumstances. That is correct. Uh, the conversation we had with the right fast and Tony Gelbart, just amazing. I want to thank Daphne Farkas and Yal Katzman also from Nefesh. They were on the other end of this. Good point. Yep. Thank you to them. Mm, for sure. And uh, this has been for us, as it always is, a unique and incredible experience. Uh, really flying with Jewish heroes to Israel uh, and uh, in some ways infiltrating their dream. This is their dream to to be Olim Chadashim and to do it in this uh in this atmosphere with all these hundreds of people around them who are doing the same thing and we get an opportunity to just hang on and be with them which is so remarkable and humbling it is humbling it's a great experience hopefully it will lead to people like myself considering Aliyah for real as opposed to (laughs) going back to the US every time we do this and uh, what can I say if there's a message today if you've been paying careful attention to this uh, to this program it's that there's a very very easy address yep. to start your Aliyah plans. nbn.org.il No matter what your background or your age, no matter what your family situation, anything. nbn.org.il nbn.org.il or 8664-ALIYAH 866-4 and then A-L-I-Y-A-H As simple as that. And if you make a connection with Nefesh Benefesh, as you heard many people say, the rest is going to go very smoothly. Certainly much more smoothly than it did in the old days, as we like to say. And uh, that is that. And the Bite Size of the Oni Pollock is next, an encore edition of Rummy officially doing a live lunch, but unofficially <laughs> between me and you, I don't think you'll hear his voice during today's live lunch because he's now in the midst of actually making Aliyah with his family. And we are planning on being back in the studio Thursday morning. Please, God, mm-hmm. that should go well. If mm-hmm. we're a drop late, then you'll understand why. It sometimes takes time to get from the airport to the headquarters of JM in the AM. Our brothers and sisters in Israel and those going to Israel, we are with you. This is your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the Nachum Siegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that will wrap up this edition of JM in the AM from the plane. I hope we've inspired and uh, given a great feeling of Zionism and future of the Jewish people to all of our listeners today. I really hope so. And if you're commenting on the app, we will see those comments. Don't worry, even though uh, we're not seeing them obviously live, 
because this program is being recorded on the plane. We will see them between 6 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time uh, when we check them uh, from Israel before our flight back to New York. And I thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Miriam Alwala. Thank you, Nachum Siegel. And until tomorrow, Bezrat Hashem in studio. Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.